1: Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
2: This is the Opening Drive Podcast
3: on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: St. Louis, and welcome into the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley. And Brooke, we had some uh, some tough losses yesterday for the St. Louis clubs. Blues take a tough loss in Arizona to the Coyotes, six to two, and the Cardinals get shellacked versus the Tigers, sixteen to three. Uh, but let's start <laughs> wait, with the wait. Say that again. <laughs> shellacked. 16, sixteen to, to three. three. Yes, it was pretty Ooh. bad. Not great. Some some tough losses yesterday for for. Local teams here in St. Louis. Uh, but we'll we'll dig into it a little bit today and start with the Blues taking a six-two loss to the Coyotes last night. Ruby, the final call, some things took place. We we got we got it all today. Let's hear a little bit about it.
5: Wait for ten seconds with Torovchenko's line coming out onto the ice boy, who had two goals here in this third period to launch the coyotes to victory. He holds on to the puck and the game is over. Six to two the final. The Blues with a season high, 42 shots on net, but only get two of them in past Vemelka, who was a stud tonight. In his sixth game this season, facing 40 or more saves, the Coyotes beat the Blues by a score of
4: 6-2. 42 shots on net, two goals, 0 for 6 on the power play. Just really a struggle yesterday for that St. Louis Blues team out in Arizona.
6: Well, Look, I, I think we know what we have with the Blues right now. It's just, I think that you were hoping to see just a little bit more effort towards the end there. But what's crazy about this is that Arizona is not a great team either. It's something about the Blues playing against teams who aren't really playoff teams, who are never really considered playoff teams, because Arizona has really just been tanking yeah. this year at every single moment. Meanwhile, they were able to finish so well this season against the Blues. The Blues finishing one and two against the Coyotes this season. So it's an Arizona team that was never really that good, but somehow they always had the Blues number. And head coach Craig Ruby had the reaction to that of not really playing well against teams who were never considered in playoff contention.
0: Um, you know, I
7: think you're always frustrated with losses, you know, no matter what, who you're playing, you know, you always go into a game expecting a win. And, um, I think this year overall we just haven't, you know, played well enough or won enough games against non playoff teams.
6: So somehow the Blues the Coyotes earned six out of five possible points against the Blues, who were considered playoff contenders at the start of the season. So in three games, get this. Coyotes combined for sixteen total goals against the Blues. You know what's bad about that, Carrie? What's that? The Coyotes are ranked twenty seventh in the league when it comes
4: to goals against not not great obviously uh <laughs> they weren't able to score or any... goals per game i'm sorry they, they weren't able to score enough goals yesterday pavel bush did get the game started off leading the game with an opening goal putting the blues up 1-0 Oderstrom's
5: gonna shoot it line of the net off with coyotes face-off win they go behind the net centered it around from dia and a puck cleared by the blues ahead to Buchnevich breakaway shoots he scores Pavel Buchnevich brings it in on Vemelka, and the Blues have scored first. They take a 1-0 lead, two minutes, 12 seconds into the hockey game.
4: 1-0 for the Blues, and then Christian Fisher was able to tie the game up with the, at the 12:53 mark in the first period. They go into intermission tied, start off the second period. Nick Schmalt scores, putting the Coyotes up 2-1. Started of the third period. Travis Boyd scores again. Butch gets another goal to get him closer, 3-2. And then Clayton Keller and Cruz take off, and the Blues end up losing it 6-2 fashion. Um, just not great. We talked about not being able to score. The Blues had six opportunities on the power play uh, and were not able to get it done. Ruby had some thoughts on switching the lines up a little bit there later in the game, trying to get some things going.
7: Yeah. Well, so we switched the units up um – you know, we just will keep working at it. We've got to figure it out because it's an important part of the game. You know, I thought we did a good job of drawing penalties tonight. We were working, um, you know, and we we we've got to come through in the power play.
4: That seems to be one of the, I think, key factors when the Blues are losing games, just not scoring enough on the power play or at all. There was a time during their, during their five-game losing streak after the O'Reilly trade where they were 0 for 22 on the power play, and that seems to be the – I think if you were to be able to pinpoint one thing that, that is causing or, or helping in these losses is not putting pucks in the net when they have the the man advantage.
6: Well, and it's so strange because it's it seems like everything's different from last season, right? Yeah. You had those multiple 20-plus goal scorers last season. Multiple saying that because we're not seeing that this year (laughs) and then you mentioned the power play special teams in general for the blues has just taken a very drastic turn so the blues as you mentioned their power play unit went 0 for 6 against arizona last night but get this as we're talking about the coyotes and facing them this season a team that's never been really that good 0 for 14 this season against arizona's penalty killing unit which ranks 27th in the nhl 27th in the nhl There's a missing piece there, or Mm -hmm. at least just getting some of that chemistry together. You did throw some new guys in there as well, Mm -hmm. so maybe it's just figuring where everybody needs to land, but if we're looking ahead to, okay, next season starts now, as we kept hearing from Blues general manager Doug Armstrong and the players, then... That's something that I hope doesn't carry into next season <laughs> right. whatsoever. But as a positive, Pavel Buchnevich must have been listening to our show because yeah. we've been praising him the yes. past few days, and he continued and extended his point streak to six straight games yesterday.
4: Yeah. Played well. I think the entire Blues team had some – they got some things to, to, to figure out in terms of just – figuring out how to finish games or how to get into that that second period with a lead or, or making sure they don't get beat up in second periods um, but you know over six on a power play you probably want to look there start there and figure out how they can fix that because you're getting a lot of opportunities you're just not putting the puck in the net and it's it's causing some issues for for helping you to win games in in that fashion
6: it really is I mean I t- I don't know it's really rough to see because you would have just at least to see you would like to see a little bit more fight but Barubi did say that he did he wasn't disappointed mm-hmm. you know he was he was said that he liked their compete level at times not does he like what happened with special teams not exactly but still he said he wasn't exactly disappointed in their play
4: well the Blues got beat up on and so did the St. Louis Cardinals taking a loss 16 to three versus the Detroit Tigers Gordon Groo. McGreevy had pretty tough days yesterday. Brooke, what are you? What did you see from from what took place out there in Florida with the Cardinals?
6: Well, there's a lot of elements that go into this. So, of course, you look at the final and you're like, "Wow, yeah, pitching just really stunk last night or yesterday," which it wasn't great. But here's the other thing to factor into it is the fact that you had Moises Gomez center in center field, which is unusual. You had Juan Yepes. Also in the outfield, two guys that I think we all are pretty aware that's not their strong suit. Mm. So some of those balls were likely would have been caught if there was different guys out there. So I'm not going to exactly fault them. Those are two guys where... I would say the pressure is not as high on them this season. Of course, they're one, they're two of the top five prospects for the Cardinals, but it's not like this was a job to get them on an opening day roster, right. to, per se. But still, a positive for me is Nolan Gorman and Dylan Carlson. Those two at least stood out to me. Nolan Gorman has been fantastic so far. He had a home run off a left-handed pitcher, too, and Dylan Carlson also hit. A home run yep. off to a left handed pitcher. Two things that we were looking to see this season yep. or go this preseason.
4: For for Carlson, two games in a row hitting a hitting a shot and obviously those are things that you, you wanted to see. He's gonna get more opportunities as you say with Tyler O'Neill leaving for the World Baseball Classic. Um and seeing what he can do versus right handed pitching batting left handed is gonna be the thing that allows him to to get those opportunities to actually maybe be a starting outfielder when the when opening day begins this season.
6: Yeah, I mean Gorman this is a very, very big spring training for him. I feel like I feel like a lot of eyes are him. I feel like we haven't really talked about him as much, and when it comes to competition, but there is another competition yep. there.
4: Oh, we're we're gonna dig into that in a little bit. Uh, let's go to the pitching though. The the Gordon Grisefo and Michael McGreevy. Grisefo had two and two thirds innings pitched, five hits, four earned run, three walks. McGreevy one and one third innings pitch, five hits, six earned runs and a walk, zero strikeouts. From those guys who are are looked at as as obviously younger guys, but but thought that potentially next year, next couple of years could be here in the starting rotation. What have you seen, or what did you think about their their play yesterday?
6: Uh, that they need a little bit more time before they <laughs> come up to St. Louis. <laughs> That's that was my biggest thing. Look, it's just maybe it's just one of those games too where the other team is just absolutely mashing against you. Obviously, if you look at the final score, I'm not exactly going to fault them for this because as I mentioned, as soon as I saw that Gomez was centering and he was having a hard time even just catching some fly balls, which I think that that throws off a young pitcher as Mm -hmm. well. I felt like McGreevy, especially too, just felt like he was having a hard time settling into that game. So I'm just going to chalk it up to an off day for those two. We're not expecting them unless barring any crazy injuries, we're not expecting them to be ready for coming to the bigs right now. So it's just them, I'm saying, work around those situations. And hopefully when they do come up, they're not going to have Moises Gomez and Yepes (laughs) in the outfield for them. So they could have a little bit more help in that regard. Yeah,
4: Juan Yepes had a fielding error uh, yesterday and and we talked about him playing the outfield. Moises Gomez playing the outfield. Those are two guys, they're going to have to do it at some point um, but I think Cardinals are more looking at them as DH uh, hitters as opposed to being out in the field and, and having to do that. we got a lot of outfielders right now that can play the outfield and play it really well.
8: Yeah. I don't think we should minimize the, the Graceff or McGreevy both getting hit in the same game. That's, I mean, it's 23 hours from me turning on this microphone and being like, listen, those guys starts today and, and play today could be really important because right out of the gate, if Wayno struggles, you're going to need these guys. And immediately the first thought is, these guys might need more time. I mean, immediately the conversation that we've been having, which has been a Graceffo or McGreevy could be this surprise 10-12 game starter for the Cardinals this year, it immediately kind of gets a little bit shook yesterday, and then you add in the fact that the the lefty reliever, which is a huge problem right now, also took a a bunch of hits yesterday, Masevich and Packy Naughton got absolutely hammered. So, I mean, everybody got, hammered. Everyone everybody got hammered, but I mean, specifically the lefty relievers getting hammered is problematic because that's the one hole in the bullpen. When we were going through our eight man bullpens, the kind of question we kept getting to as everyone was going through the list was how many lefties do you have or who is your lefty? And right. usually the names weren't sterling, weren't, weren't impressive. That's, that's clearly, I think, going to be an issue for the Cardinals here right out of the gate, even more so maybe than everyone's problem with the number one starter question.
6: They, here's the thing. I, I will give the Cardinals credit on this, is that they have a lot of pitching depth as of right now. I think that McGreevy and Gordon Grisefko. Grisefko I can't even say that right. Graceffo. Sorry, guys. I'm still getting my coffee into my system. Some days I could get it and it rolls right off. And then other days it's like, all right, Brooke, come on. Get, get that going. I still think that those two, nobody's expecting them to come up right now. And was it great? No. But, and I know that we've been kind of going crazy about Jordan Walker, but it has been more than one game he's been performing well. Oh, by the way, he got a hit yesterday he too yep. yeah, he did do that he did do but that. at the same time it was just it was one day i think there was a lot of different things going on you had players leaving for the world baseball classic by the way dylan carlson the reason he was still DHing is because he is still battling arm fatigue right now so that's why you didn't see him in the outfield mm. so i felt like it was just a very strange day where there's many different moving parts for the cardinals
4: That's Brooke. I'm Kerry. Brooke mentioned it. We have not talked about the infield competition, and there is indeed a competition in that infield. We'll dig into it a little bit next on The Opening Drive. You're back
2: to The Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to The Opening Drive. Joined by Brooke
4: Grimsley, I'm Kerry Davis. And, Brooke, we have talked about the starting rotation – we have talked about the outfield and and all of the possibilities there. We have yet to speak about the infield. Now we know who the corner infielders are. That that's a no-brainer. It's obviously Golden and uh, Goldie and Arenado, but the middle infielders there is still some competition there. And we we assume that Tommy Edmund is your start, starting shortstop, but there are some some possibilities at second base with whether it be Brendan Donovan, whether it be Nolan Gorman. Uh, there are some, some opportunities for some guys. If Paul DeYoung does some things, we, we, we're still waiting to see what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I said it, Rock. I said his name. I know I know it's not supposed to be mentioned. I said his name. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brooke, what are your thoughts about this middle infield and, and how this is all going to play out?
6: Well, what's interesting to me is I wonder if early on, and I think that maybe it will go this way because it's, Nolan Gorman has really competed against Brendan mm-hmm. Donovan, especially offensively. Gorman yesterday, as we mentioned, had a home run off a left-handed pitcher, which is really big for him. Also, Gorman, the spring training, he was able to raise his batting average up to .353. He's 6-for-17 with two home runs and five RBI right now. So he's he's doing really well. He seems like he's figured some things out. He was able to work on some things, too. And Brendan Donovan... Hasn't done that. How about we just say that? Hasn't done that offensively so far this season. It seems like there won't be exactly, at least early on, this person's going to run away with the starting second base job. I can see them kind of rotating that. Mm -hmm. Same thing with maybe some of the outfield positions as well as we talk about that competition. I can see them rotating that where it's going to be Donovan some days. It's going to be uh, Nolan Gorman some days also based on who they're facing. Yep. You have that ability to say, look, I have two guys that we can switch in and out. Donovan, as we know, is great at just about every position. <laughs> just about. But I think that they want him at second, or at least competing for second. Tommy Edmond needs to be your shortstop. Yep. Needs to be, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, Paul DeYoung hasn't done enough yet to prove that he deserves to hit his way in back into that position.
4: Right.
6: Tommy Edmond is short, Brennan Donovan and Nolan Gorman switching in and out.
4: So my question for you would be, is it based more on what you do at the plate between Gorman and Donovan? Because one of the concerns that that Randy has spoke about with the, the shift being banned from baseball now, you, you got to stay on your side of the base. Gorman was potentially a liability in the, in the infield, as opposed to Brendan Donovan, who is a gold glove winner. I think it's going to boil down to whether or not it, for my question for you, is it is it about the power at the plate, or is it more about the ability to to make sure the middle of the infield is is sound and and you're secure in that area? because I think those are two different players in that regard.
6: Well, and that's why I say I think I feel like it's going to be based more on the matchups, right? What they see specifically with the opponent they're going to be facing and assessing that. I think Nolan Gorman has been solid Mm -hmm. defensively so far. I haven't seen anything super egregious just yet. I think he's been solid. He's been improving, which is what you asked for him to do. And offensively, he is doing more right now. Now, not saying that Brendan Donovan isn't going to do more offensively, because it seems like he always finds a way, and the spark that he brings, too, to the lineup, that was something that even Albert Pujols talked about last season. That's something that you can't replicate Mm -hmm. as well. So, Donovan, of course, has proven himself defensively, still needs to work on some things offensively. Nolan Gorman has at least hit his way into the conversation.
8: Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you talk about the defensive side of things, I mean, I think... He's really he's he's really impressed us, you know, on on that side. I mean, we had, he had the, he had the nifty little uh, glove flick for the double play right there at the beginning of spring training. We didn't see it yesterday, um, but there were reports that he there was a play where he ranged to his right and got to a ball really well that impressed everyone who was watching the game. So I mean when when you hear those kind of things, the offense is at the level we expected when we I mean he was he was the piece of hype last year aside from Albert Pujols joining the roster. We were all we were talking about Michelle and Randy was when is Nolan Gorman going to get the call up and as soon as his offense cooled off a little bit all of that hype died off. But this is the offense we were talking about coming back and i think the shocking part so far in this spring has been his defense can he continue to show that getting more second base time with you know out out a guy like tommy edman being in the in the lineup right now i really hope so cuz it changes that part of the equation but also i think my big question right now is with just his hitting another home run again yesterday is he all but sealing the majority of DH at bats when he's not in the field? So it possibly, I mean, depending on
4: who's pitching or who's who's hot at the time. My my main concern would be you have a young man in in Brendan Donovan who was a Gold Glove winner, which means he is stellar in the field. And and if you were talking about it yesterday, how important. Fielding is, when you got guys out there that aren't catching the ball, aren't getting to balls, as as well as other guys, that can really impact the pitcher. And we have a staff that I'm sure is going to have many ground balls. You want a guy in Brendan Donovan, right, that's going to be able to cover that ground. What he does at the plate is going to be a bonus. But if you're not as good in the field, and I don't know if, I mean, Nolan Gorman has changed his body dramatic, dramatically, so he's going to... He, he's going to What? Dramatically?
8: <laughs> dramatically I like it I like dramatically I didn't just, see I anything wrong with it and it. And I was like That's my <laughs> hell of a poor man So, yeah, yeah. I like that So, <laughs> so Drastically and dramatically Dramatically I
4: like your dr- dr- Dramatically dr- drastically, dr- Dramatically I like that <laughs> I'm cutting that Drop it Drastically And so he is um, <laughs> He is He is obviously Done Going to do better But is he to the level Of a gold glove infielder and that's going to be the question for, for, for me and I think for a lot of Cardinal fans.
6: Well, also, say that to Tyler O'Neill because that gold glove doesn't really seem to be securing him a job exactly yeah. right now. And also, I think Cardinals fans are tired of seeing, especially in the first round of playoffs, what have we experienced in that first round of playoffs? What happened to the offense?
4: It was, it was stagnant.
6: And I think that it was very clear that that cannot happen anymore yeah. moving forward. Yeah. Where you're in those big situations, or even throughout the season where all of a sudden, especially that second half towards the end there, going through a lot of hitting slumps. We saw Nolan Arnato going through a funky hitting slump. We saw Paul Goldschmidt even going through a weird hitting slump as well. I think the Cardinals want to do everything they can to avoid that. And also alleviate some of that pressure from Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt where it's like, you don't have to mash every single day to get this team to win. It needs to be on other guys as well.
4: Yeah. You you I I think well, I, I think that's the interesting point though, Brooke. It's gonna be, you know, what this lineup looks like. If you have a Jordan Walker in the lineup, if Tyler O'Neill is hitting well, that was <laughs> dramatic Park is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Texter. <laughs> From the
6: I like that uh, word. Honestly, I, I, I like that word. We
4: both need coffee. We are we are clearly moving at a snail's pace this morning.
6: It's, it's because <laughs> it's because it's raining outside. I'm right.
4: driving in. It's raining <laughs> dramatically, drastically, and dramatically.
6: It's raining dramatically. It's outside. raining I dramatically. That. We That's put the it together. That's Way to describe
4: it. Yes, uh, but the, I think the the question: if you're talking about offense, you're going to need obviously that power who is going to be able to be a, be able to bring that in that entire lineup and if you have a Jordan Walker hitting well Goldie and Arenado hitting well you have Tyler O'Neill hitting well do you want to substitute lesser defense in potential for for Gorman as opposed to D- Donovan when you have all of those other guys in your lineup Wilson Contreras another name that I didn't mention you got a lot of guys that potentially can do really well at the plate um, how important is that defense going to be for those pitchers
6: I think it's going to be really important. Just ask uh, Michael McGreevy <laughs> and, <laughs> and Graceffo yesterday because uh, you saw what happened when you don't have that normal Cardinals defense behind you and it helping you kind of relax and calm down. And that's why I said I'm not going to exactly fault them. Yes, the score is absolutely terrible. I'm agreeing with that. I'm not going to fault them because they're. I think that you could feel almost that panic kind of setting it. And also, by the way, the game wasn't on TV yesterday. Mm-hmm wasn't on KMOX as well. So you had to listen. We were at the mercy of the Detroit Tigers <laughs> calling, which they even said Jordan Walker was like 6'8". I don't know. There was a lot six, going eight. on. So you had to like uh-huh. decipher how they were describing the situation. And it, from at least what they were describing, it seemed like McGreevy and Graceffo really were having a hard time settling in. Very uncomfortable, and especially if there's some routine fly balls not even being caught, yeah. I can see how that shakes up a young pitcher.
4: Yeah, it, it can be frustrating when you're not getting the the things done that need to happen. You know, that that are supposed to happen, that you expect to happen. So we'll see how how they fare further on in the spring training. The Cardinals face the New York Yankees in Tampa today. We'll see who's getting the start and who's going to be out in the outfield. We'll figure all of that out later today. Get your texts in to. That's Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. Ask Uncle Randy is next. The
2: smartest way to do your homework is Hackman Lumber.
1: Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, Evergreen, and AZEC to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials, guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at HackmanSTL.com.
3: You ready?
2: Showtime. to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
2: Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. Guess what day it is, huh? Hump Day! I've
4: been around, you know.
8: Nah, <laughs> nah, not quite. <laughs> that's why we were off in the first two segments.
4: That's my that, fault. That's what it was. Everyone we're, didn't know that it was Hump it, it Day. It is Hump Day. We're getting through it as best we can. Hope you are as well. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley. And it is time for Uncle Randy or Ask Cousins Kerry and Cousins Brooke, Cousin Brooke, Uh your, get your text in. Uh, Brock is doing a, a dance back there. Get your text in
8: to 314-399-9646 for Ask Uncle Randy. What you got for us, Rock? I love it when things work out, Carrie. because we got a, we got a little little tease here in the show. Oh, yeah. We got to do, okay. do better at teasing. So mm-hmm. later on in the show, we're going to preview a new segment that I've been wanting to uh, do for a long time now called let me clear my throat and uh, Kerry Davis is going to talk about something that he's uh, that he, he, he's got to get off his chest a little bit and we got an early text here so I kind of want to preview that segment with this first ask Uncle Randy 573 texts in and says cousin Kerry ser- serious question here could the owners and agents be colluding against Lamar somehow I know why the agents don't want him to sign a big contract and I don't see why owners aren't lined up around the block for him yes Do you need more?
4: (laughs) No, we'll get some more at 9. Yes, We're going to get some more later in the show in the 9 o'clock hour, so stay tuned to the opening drive. Exclamation point. Yes, they could be,
8: and they might be. And if 573 and (laughs) the other people listening right now can't listen back to the 9 o'clock hour and hear why Carrie thinks they're colluding, you can catch the podcast at the Dobbs Tire and Auto Center podcast on 101espn.com. Look at at us, I'm going to (laughs) say. I'm going to say right now. Dear Uncle Randy, which is actually Cousin Kerry and Cousin Brooke right now. Yes, indeed. Yes. Do you think the Blues are purposely choking right now for higher draft picks?
4: Um, I. So it, this is always an interesting question. That's why I asked it. Because, good job. Thank you. Uh, it's always an interesting question because the, it is extremely difficult. You could have upper management doing their best in terms of not putting or not signing the best players or not putting the best players out there, but the players on the ice – on the field, on the court, they don't want to tank. They don't want to lose. It's not in their best interest to perform poorly because every single year you're evaluated, whether or not you're making $10 million or, or, you know, a million dollars, you're being evaluated on your play. And so if you're not performing to the level of your contract, whether it be – Getting paid a lot or not getting paid a lot. If you're not performing to that level of that contract, you could be finding a new job or not having any job the following season. So the players are going to give you everything they have every single day. It may not be the team and roster may not be constructed well enough for you to win games, but it won't be because the players are trying to throw the game. It it, it won't be because the players are trying not to perform well. It just may not be. They may not be good enough.
8: Well, if you want to get a really deep dive, in, you can turn on Bally's your app right now, because the Blues are just about to completely give this game away. It's eleven twenty-two. With three, uh, it's three to two left in the third. So, if you want to just re-watch how they give up three goals and just have no to. effort, no, you don't have. To. You can turn it on right now and watch it because it's about to happen.
4: <laughs>
6: well, and I see, and I see what people are saying Literally because like obviously, with each loss, they get a little bit closer to landing a higher pick, right? Mm-hmm. They do. How exactly, though, do you convince? And that's what's hard for me to buy into, as you're saying, Carrie. Is how do you convince all these guys, especially ones who are kind of on the fringe of, will they get a big contract? Yeah. Will they not? Where will they be going? What their next step is? Exactly. You have you have several guys kind of in that little realm of possibilities with their future. So I, it's hard for me to believe that they would all buy in on that. And who also just wants to say, you know what, this season and my own personal stats, yeah, whatever, you know, that doesn't matter, (laughs) you know.
8: I can't see that either. That doesn't exist. Uh, For cousin Brooke, my family and I are traveling down to the Smoky Mountains, but plan on stopping in Nashville for lunch. Any good restaurant recommendations? Oh
6: gosh, there there is so many. It depends on if you're wanting to. I would say, are you wanting like the full Tennessee experience, like the touristy stuff? Because, of course, I'm always going to recommend that first. You have to have, and I know everybody says it, Hattie B's Nashville hot chicken. Mm-hmm. Have you guys had I have, Nashville uh-huh. hot chicken? Uh-huh. I have not. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, and this is a big pet peeve of mine, is there's a lot of restaurants that have started carrying, quote unquote, Nashville hot chicken, mm-hmm. and it's just buffalo chicken. Gotcha. That's not how it works. You have to, one, the breading has to have spices in it very spicy, really hot, and then you put even hotter sauce on it, and you toss it in it. So it, fe- it should feel like you're burning the inside of your yep. mouth when you're eating it.
4: Brooke, I I, I got to be honest. That doesn't sound pleasant. I'm not a hot, spicy food eater. It doesn't sound pleasant
8: to also, me. It it, there's a color difference. Burning, there you- Buffalo yes. sauce so is like an orange. Nashville hot red, hot chicken it's is like red. red. It, it, is. Is it is red. It is quite literally it red. It is red.
6: Also, I have a recommendation. So that was my one little Nashville recommendation. Also, Biscuit Love, if you want to stop by oh. there, amazing I'm sorry, what biscuit. What's this place called? It's called Biscuit Love. <laughs> oh, it's oh absolutely amazing. They Sounds have like these delicious place. biscuits. <laughs> uh, great brunch and breakfast spot, but you have to get there early because the bad thing about Nashville is any popular spot, the lines get like insane also if you're going to the smoky mountains please try the um oh my gosh what is it called like white lightning okay what you know like the um drink or or anything like that why am i forgetting this right now
8: i have no idea what you're going for here i'm sorry
6: white lightning it's uh oh my gosh bourbon no it's an alcoholic beverage why am i forgetting this right now huge thing in tennessee I'm gonna I'll on come back there. to I'm you gonna guys gonna in one on second. One uh, dear
8: Cousin Carrie and Brooke, my girlfriend's friend is getting married on actual St. Patrick's Day. I usually go to Dogtown to celebrate and really am not friends with the couple. Is it bad to go to Dogtown and do my tradition rather than go to a wedding of someone I barely know?
6: Okay, wait one second. Moonshine. I'm moonshine. sorry, guys. Oh. Why did I forget about I was Moonshine? what are you So Moonshine, In if you go to the Smoky Mountains, they, they have this, you know, their downtown area. You can go on a Moonshine tour. Oh. Just be prepared to, one, have obviously a safe driver come pick yes. you up. It's a lot of fun because they have white lightning, the old, you know, style moonshine. And then they also have like different flavorings and stuff. It's just fun to do while you're out there in the Smoky Mountains. Or if you just want to go hiking and, you know, be like a good human, you could do that too, you know, <laughs> right. and not drink. Go. <laughs> I shouldn't suggest that.
8: Cliff Notes, St. Patrick's Day wedding. He wants to drink instead. Should he go to the wedding?
4: Um, his, his
8: girlfriend's friend that he doesn't know
4: very well. Those I would the, yes. I, I would suggest that you can probably go drinking anytime with your friends. I know it's St. Patrick's <laughs> Day. Uh your girlfriend's friend is probably only gonna get married once. And so you might wanna be there, you know, for your girlfriend and 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 for that event. That would just be my opinion. I, I think you should, you know. And, and, and we don't know what time the the, the wedding is, right? It could be exactly. earlier in the day. You could go drinking with your buddies later. It could be later in the day. Maybe you go drinking earlier, just, you know dial it back just a little bit so you're not slammed at the at the wedding and the wedding reception so there's ways around it
6: yeah i think i think the timing of it matters most and cuz here's the thing it's not like the wedding's going to last all yeah, day it's right not so be you could still pick up the St. Patrick's so Day festivities it's gonna and be, if it's an open bar
8: it's going to be friday most wedding. people most people you know you're doing St. Patty's Day friday afternoon into the early evening that just sounds like St. Paddy's Day is a nice little pregame for a wedding. Okay, so they texted awesome.
6: They said 5.30. Oh, you have plenty of time. Oh, my God. Early you have a whole day. evening. Take a
8: half day at work. You're down to Dogtown by 1 p.m. You got three solid hours where you got to go put the suit on. You're good. And you're, you're, you're feeling good going, come come fella. Stop get slammed.
6: Exactly. Don't go don't be stumbling, that <laughs> stammering into the
4: wedding. Don't be that guy. Alright? that That's just, don't be that person. That, that would be my my only advice.
8: Uh, somebody says here that uh, I think Carrie should be an uncle because he has that fun uncle mentality. Plus he's been on the um, show long enough to graduate from cousin to uncle.
4: I'm definitely the fun uncle. I'm the uncle yeah. like when all of the, the cousins, the kids, <laughs> they come to my house. I have, you know, I don't they can hang out, play video games. They like to play hide and seek. I don't I don't condone that. Don't play hide and seek in the house. That that's how things get broke. But you can have fun.
8: You, what's the problem? Flag, right? on the flag on the play. Don't play flag hide on the, and seek flag in the on house. The play. What's wrong? Did you just tell children that they can't play hide hey, and, and seek in the house?
4: Go outside and play
8: hide and seek. Lord, that don't do just...
4: it in the house. That's... I feel like
6: it's more fun outside. I feel like that's what I did growing up. Yeah,
4: these kids find they, they, because the reason they'll fight they'll be in in the closet under clothes <laughs> a pile of clothes for hours and no one will like no. Yeah, it's called strategy, Carrie. <laughs> is... It's called What's
5: ridiculous. your issue here?
8: No. But yes, I am generally the fun uncle. Oh, I mean, yeah, you look like I mean, you got a beard like Lovey Smith post Chicago Bears. There so you I mean, go. I, I feel like Uncle. I <laughs> feel like Uncle Carrie and Cousin Brooke might be how we have to keep going with this one. I actually made a mistake yesterday in show prep and called and said and said Cousin Carrie and Aunt Brooke. And I was yeah, like, Yeah, uh, and, and we were a, both. Yeah, we were no, both hey, what are we doing Carrie, here?
6: Carrie and I were like, Wait, why is Brooke the aunt? <laughs> and uh, like, why am I <laughs> why am the aunt in this situation? I don't know. Am I going to offer off baking good advice? I have no idea anti
8: Brooke, um, Brooke, i just need to talk to somebody really quickly Uh-oh. this is just more like just like i'm create, turning this into a, a cousin Brooke kind of thing uh 573 says nashville hot chicken is not what it's cracked up to be it's mostly just hot spices and hot sauce not great flavor if you like hot sauce instead of soda or water or beer or tea coffee sure it's a great sandwich
4: <laughs> oh whoa. whoa wow puritans Wow. From the seven. Is that is
6: that the same person that might say like mayo spicy for some reason like <laughs> or something like that? <laughs> Do you not enjoy spiciness? I per, I prefer really spicy hot food. And also the great thing about Hattie B's hot chicken is that usually you can get like some sides as well. So you can get like a coleslaw that kind of has like a little bit of that milk base so it kind of cancels out the spiciness a little bit, but it's an experience. Yeah. It's an experience.
4: I, I don't need that experience. The experience I'm going to have later in the day is, <laughs> is not pleasant.
8: Um, let's get one more in here. 314. <laughs> this one's uh, labeled for Cousin Brooke, but I'm going to change it because it doesn't make sense that it's labeled for Cousin Brooke. Uh, Cousin, Cousin Carrie, my wife and I have a baby due in three months. What is the one thing most people don't think of that I need to have prepared? Um, thought I'd just ask the guy. Who the well, Yeah, I don't have kids. I can't <laughs> say.
3: <laughs> he's <laughs> like, Cousin, uh, he's well, like
8: Cousin Brooke. I'm like... Best of luck.
4: I'm going to on the fly.
8: <laughs> the thing that you're,
4: you're going to... Your life is obviously going to be different. You're going to worry. You're going to uh, wake up in the middle of the night and check to make sure your child is sleeping and, and, and breathing. Those things happen often. But it's going to be a pleasant... Um, It's just going to be fun, man. Just raising kids, having kids, watching them go from not even being able to move and do things on their own to being able to crawl then they're able to walk and now they're having complete conversations with you and you're going back and forth with a two-year-old about something that you why are we arguing about this child and and it's all fun and you just learn to you learn about yourself as a, as an adult you learn all of the things that maybe your parents did that you want to do a little bit differently raising your kids so have fun, enjoy the moment. Congratulations to you and your wife. Um, it's a great time, special time, and you know, enjoy the process because my daughter is going to be 21 this year, and I don't know where the time went. You know, so it, it, it happens very fast. Oh, that's that's gonna be fun. That's sweet. That's yes.
8: adorable.
6: My my only advice is best of luck. And that's it, because I have no advice.
8: <laughs> I
3: haven't experienced that you're, yet.
8: Yeah, I, I also have experience, but I have experienced something that I, I want to pass. If if you have kids, and you're just about to, and you and you have friends who are about to have their first kid, uh, just have a little bit more uh, presence of mind on the advice you give and how you talk to them about having kids. Because uh, my friends get the weirdest advice from people who are, already have kids, and it's just... I don't know, tone it down a little bit. There is it's there is
4: no handbook you will not have. Every situation is different. Exactly. I, Rock, I had to. My daughter was one at the time. It was 3 o'clock in the morning. We were going back and forth on this sleep thing all night, and... We had gotten in the car, the the, the book and the class that said, get them in the car, take them on a ride. They'll fall asleep. Got her in the seat, took her on a ride, fell asleep, got home, took her out of the seat. She started crying, woke up again. We went through this process three to four times until we got to the point where I made the executive decision to just let her sleep in the bed next to me in her car seat. And so... I had to go to bed, and that was the only way she was going. Felt like a terrible person at the time. No one told me that this was an option. (laughs) It was only once, but it was what needed to be done, seeing that I had to wake up for class. I was still in college. Had to wake up for class at 8, 9 a.m. So... Sometimes you have to be a little bit unorthodox and do things a little bit differently.
6: Hey, all that matters is that
4: she's here, she's, she's doing great. She's well, she's in college. Exactly. <laughs> she survived that experience. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, it is time for Take It or Leave It. Get your texts in to the Air Comfort Service text line 314 399 9646
3: is next.
2: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101
3: ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. I want
2: to say something? I want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646 and give us your Take It or Leave It.
3: Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing.
2: That's my final author. Take it or leave it. <laughs>
4: Welcome back to The Opening Drive. Joined by Brooke Grimsley, I'm Kerry Davis, and it is time for Take It or Leave It. Get your texts in to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314 399 9646 314-399-yo-ho. Brooke, the Blues take on the San Jose Sharks on Thursday, and we have been talking about this power play unit not having much success. Take it or leave it, you actually see the second unit get more opportunities in that game than they did in the previous game
6: I uh, yeah I'll take that I, I think that Baruby's really good on if something didn't work he's going to change things up and he's going to give people other people more opportunities so I can see that happening if it's not working right now which it obviously isn't <laughs> then <laughs> something has to change so I'm gonna take that alright so now take it or leave it this weekend in general it'll be a lot of fun you are going to have the blues in town but mm. also on sunday you know what's happening sunday carrie Caw-caw. exactly Caw-caw. you have the battle hawks in town i'm going to say the battle hawks are going to have a big win hopefully not as close this time i would like to see where it's not so many of these close games <laughs> but in general i think the atmosphere is going to be wild i just want to see take it or leave it they're going to have a great win at home packed dome and it's going to be an electric
4: environment. Oh, take it. If it, if it's if there's any indication of what city provided this past weekend uh the electricity that was in that stadium, the the amount of fans that showed up and showed out uh, for a home win, first one of the season for the for first home win of the city for season for city. I think the Battlehawks are going to be in the same you know, had that same type of intensity, same type of uh, atmosphere that the battle that the uh, St. Louis City did last weekend.
6: So take it or leave it. Is the Rock gonna come to town? Oh, I want to see that happen.
4: I'm good. You know what? Take it. Take it. St. Louis, the Battle Hawks, is the 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 standard franchise for this XFL. You know, they they are the ones. So I I will take it that the Rock shows up.
6: I, he the thing is is he has been tweeting a lot about the Battle Hawks lately, yeah. like several tweets in a row. Him tweeting about the Battle Hawks and it seems like he's very excited about them. I feel like he needs to come to town. Take Just it or come leave to it. Town, the Rock. Take it
4: or leave it. He gets here, we need to get him on the show. Rock,
6: make it happen, Rock. <laughs> it's on you.
4: <laughs> yeah, let's put a text in. Well, who, let's put a phone call in, Rock email we got we got connections let's make it happen he'll be here let's get him on yeah yeah, oh yeah. I wish you all could see <laughs> Rock's face right now. He's
6: like, please don't make me try to do this. No. Rock,
8: get the Rock. Maybe the XFL will finally answer one of my emails. All right, well, hey. But mm-hmm. hey, sometimes the XFL isn't great, but you know who is great? Who is that? The actual Battle Hawks. We're going to be talking to Coach Beck on Friday. There we go.
4: I like the, gonna be a I big like your pivot gonna there. Be I like your transition. All yeah, right. I do what I can.
8: <laughs> Take it or leave it. Last night's 6-2 loss. That's what you get for benching Callie Rosen. Uh, I kind of want to take it. kind of want to take it. Wave that flag,
4: Presidente. Right. If there is nothing else that – listen, you're over 6 on the power play, right? Callie Rosen scores goals. He could be your defenseman on the power play. I'm just saying.
6: I Here's the thing. I'm going to have to leave it just for the sheer fact of I think there was a lot more that went wrong in that game yes. other than Callie Rosen yes. not being there. Now, would it help? Probably, but I think at this point, as they mentioned, they just want to give Tyler Tucker more ice time. I think he had over 15 minutes of total ice time last night, so I think they're trying to see how he handles that workload, and Callie Rosen is just kind of a casualty of that right
8: now. Unfortunately, just one of your best players not playing. Take it or leave it, Lamar Jackson's playing for a team not named the Ravens next year. You, I... uh,
4: I'm going to leave it... I don't know how all of this is going to play out for him and and for the Ravens. I think that whatever, if if there is an offer made, obviously I think the Ravens will match it, and I unfortunately don't think anyone is going to go over that mark that he wanted the two hundred two hundred thirty million that Deshaun Watson got. So I'm going to he, he will be with the Ravens next season. I can see that too. But it will too. be contentious yeah. and it will be it will be some
8: it be some some you know it won't be. Comfortable for for all parties involved. Here's one for you then: Take it or leave it. Lamar Jackson plays less than 17 games for non-injury related reasons. Oh, uh. for the Ravens, it it, it, it I, can
4: I push? I don't know because I don't. I can't say it, it. It all matters. It all depends on how this this whole franchise tag pans out. If if no one offers him anything and he has to sit on this franchise tag, I would take it. I don't think he's going – I think he might just say, you know, what the hell with y'all? I'm going to sit out and chill, and we'll figure it out from there. But, you know, he wants to get paid. He deserves to get paid. And for whatever reason, you know, some NFL franchises are choosing not to.
6: This is why I say there needs to be an overhaul of NFL owners. There's oh, no checks and balances system. Like well, and that's what I'm saying. Look at how Dan Snyder still being protected with the Washington Commanders. That man should not be protected. On top of that, obviously none of them want to turn each other in for different things that they might be doing wrong. Because of situations like this, they will work together yep. to help benefit each other. Yep.
8: Seems like uh, 314 might have been listening to our Mike Claiborne interview yesterday with this one. Take it or leave it. Dylan Carlson or Tyler O'Neill will be traded for a starting pitcher. When? Ooh. At I any, would point, say any point, any so point, they did not qualify when. So ah. Maybe it's the off season. Maybe it's late July, Flag Day. Maybe it's between Opening Day and Flag Day. That's, <laughs> a, that's to... a new
6: holiday that I I know about more now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going
8: to Mike leave Claibor it. Mike am will do that
4: to you. I'm going to leave it. Just got a text from Alex Ferrario saying the Blues are sucking hard for
8: Bedard. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> take it or leave it. At this point, I only care about a top three pick. Because we just gotta take it or leave it. Blues end up with a top five pick. Take it or leave it. I only care about top three because I was just reading on the athletic Cor- yes. uh, Corey Promman talking about how Fantilli and Mitchkoff, who are the number two and three prospects, would be a number one overall prospect in another draft. So at this point, as much as I would love to lose hard for Bedard, which is this is a family show, that's the way I'm going to phrase it. Oh, sorry, about Alex, that. with your afternoon blue work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need that. Saint Harbor starts at 10 p.m. You monster. Uh, I thought you were a father. I'm, I'm just, I'm all about top three pick now with the Blues because if, if if they're number one, if they're number one overall caliber players, I, I'm not mincing words. Just give me one of them. I don't, I don't need to win the lottery. Let Chicago have it. Um, take it or leave it. Some Battle Hawks players end up in the NFL. Well,
6: yeah, uh, take it. I'm well, going to take it. AJ
8: McCarron might end up back in the NFL.
4: <laughs> he, cool. he might get a, get a contract that he says, you know what, I, I played my, my one year in the XFL. My kids got to watch me now and go back to making <laughs> a million dollars. Just being the backup. Yeah. I mean that's a, or, that's or a starting great life. somewhere.
6: You never know. I mean, it seems like obviously the quarterbacks are needed right now. Also another name that sticks out, we talked about him the other day, Josh Gordon mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. That's somebody I can yeah. see getting back in the NFL. Yeah. And there I mean, there's been some success even with that little bit that the XFL played back in twenty twenty. You even look at Taylor Heineke and the run that he went on right. as well. I mean, there there's been success with players going over to the
8: NFL. Take it or leave it. Mason Wynn has a higher ceiling than Jordan Walker. Ooh. I'm going to leave it just
4: based on all of the reports we've, we've heard, but he looks fantastic as well. He He's very calm, cool, and collected out there and, and has a a sh- very strong arm. He, he can make – seems like make pretty much any play you need him to make out there and has the arm to, to get it there from whatever angle – he needs to. So I'm I'm excited about seeing him as well. Like we talked about the infield earlier, Brooke. That's a name that we didn't mention, but maybe he's here at, during the season.
6: You never know, especially with injuries or if yeah. guys are not performing well, or if a trade happens yep. or something like that, or you ship some guys off, you never know.
8: We're, we're a little late, but I want to get one more. Just because I want to see Kerry uh, react to this one. Take it or leave it. Lamar Jackson's a quitter, plain and simple. Leave it. If you go to work every day, And people that do your
4: same job are paid more than you, and they aren't as good as you. And at this job, you got to get hit by people all the time. And you're telling me you wouldn't want to be paid better or more than the person that's getting paid more than you? And you're better than him? You have your resume is better than his? You are, other than Patrick Mahomes, I mean, you, 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 you are one of the standards for the position in the NFL right now like why wouldn't you want to get paid what you're worth and the whole notion that we just players should just shut up and play it's maddening because not a person here or anywhere goes to work and does not want to be paid what they are supposed to be paid it doesn't matter what your salary is it doesn't matter what you do for a living if you do your job you want to be paid and You don't want to argue with anybody about it and you're not going to argue with anybody about it If I were to say hey sir ma'am You're a quitter because you don't want to go to work because you're not getting paid as much as your co-worker You should just shut up and go do whatever it is you do at work. You would be upset with me I don't care how much money you make It's not talking about the money. It's about the job man works his butt off. He deserves to be paid plain and simple There we go. And and this is coming from a Pittsburgh Steeler talking about a Baltimore Raven. (laughs) That, if nothing else, should give you a clear idea of how I feel about this situation. (laughs) Consider better myself. Coming up next, we will get into more of the franchise tag fallout from yesterday with the deadline passing. That is next on the opening drive.
2: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A
2: fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take.
3: Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app.
0: be clear the NFLPA. I was part of the there's no shot on paying Daniel Jones 40 plus million dollars Daniel <laughs> Jones had a nice year like he had a good season he earned money he totally changed the narrative around the player that he was 40 plus million dollars and the main reason is he didn't throw a bunch of interceptions seven months ago the conversation was man can they franchise tag him maybe like could, could they maybe could he play well enough to earn a franchise tag this- now we're talking 42 i heard 42 million dollars a year 42 million dollars a year to say hey you didn't turn the ball over a bunch
6: welcome back to the opening drive i'm brooke Grimsley alongside carrie davis and that was dan arblaski on why he wouldn't pay daniel jones the 40 plus million look i think that was all over social media yesterday. <laughs> How many times did you see the comparison of what Patrick Mahomes makes in a year to the possibility of what Daniel Jones is gonna make? Make this make sense to me, Kerry Davis.
4: Well, it's about when you come up due for a contract. And and it's it's one of the reasons why Lamar Jackson is going through what he's going through. You have a quarterback who threw 15 touchdowns, five interceptions. His turnovers were clearly down from the last few years. Played his best season of football um, in in his career in, in, the, in the NFL. The reason for him having to get paid that amount of money is either you franchise tag him or you pay him a, a contract, but they franchise tag Saquon Barkley. You are not able to franti- franchise tag two people. So... You sign Daniel Jones to a contract, and the reason that he's getting that much money is because it's just his time. That's how it all works. If you come up at the right time, then you're going to get paid the right amount of money. You hit the free agent market at the right time. And and truthfully, this is the, the New York Giants' own doing because they did not choose to, to pick up his fifth-year option, which means— he was going to hit the open market, and he had a great – not a great year. He had his, his best year, and so now they have to pay him accordingly. And that's just thats just the nature of the business, which is why you see players fighting to get to that free agent point in the NFL because they know being a free agent on the open market, anything is possible.
6: Well, it seems like being a quarterback on the free agent market, Yes, the possibilities are endless. Does that just show just once again – how much the NFL is a quarterback league because of this. I I feel like a lot of people, as I mentioned, you had that comparison of what Patrick Mahomes is making where it's like, well, he hasn't even proven himself like Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't have all the titles like Patrick Mahomes has, but this is how much he's going to be making.
4: Yeah, that's just how 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 football is going. When you get to that point of being the 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 next person in line, you're going to get paid. Geno Smith is going to get 35 million a year. I mean, there are quarterbacks that have played in this league in the early 2000s in the 90s that are looking at Geno Smith and like, "Wow, I wish I'd have been born just a little bit later because the market is booming for people that are on the free agent market." So, you know, it's it's just what happens. That doesn't mean that Daniel Jones is a $42 million a year quarterback in terms of his play. It doesn't mean that he's going to lead the New York Giants to a Super Bowl. It just means that that's what they had to pay him in order to not lose him. And you think it's bad having Daniel Jones at quarterback? Try figuring out who's the quarterback, who's going to play quarterback if you don't have anybody. You you need somebody that is going to be able to run the offense efficiently. Do the things you need to need them to do, not turn the ball over, which Brian Dable was able to help Daniel Jones figure out this season. And I'm sure there are hopes that in his second year with Dable, he will be able to be much better than he was this year. So we'll see if he's able to get that going on um, this season. But, you know, it's going to be it's going to be hard to not pay quarterbacks what they're worth in that time of, of them hitting the market.
6: Well, and obviously Lamar Jackson we're going to get into that one a little bit later, but still he's a hot topic in the way of why hasn't he gone anywhere yet? What is going on there with that situation? And you mentioned collusion. Yeah, it,
4: it, there is possibly some. It's not a it's not beyond the the scope of reality for owners to collude on on anything. So, you know, I think that there's a possibility of that happening for for Lamar Jackson and, you know, he's going to end up he's got the 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 franchise tag is the non-exclusive which means he has an opportunity for other teams to come in offer him a contract if the ravens want to match it they can they'll be able to keep him but you know it's going to be interesting to see how that whole thing plays out because there's going to be some frustration on lamar's end from from I, I I would have to assume that there is. I mean we we talk about baseball players going through arbitration, right? And how they have to hear why this organization doesn't feel that they're worthy of this amount of money versus why they feel they are worth this amount of money. Lamar has been doing his own His own thing. He's been his own agent and been sitting in those meetings. And he has to hear why they don't think he's the best thing out there, why they don't believe he's the best quarterback and why they don't think he should be paid the amount of money that he, he feels he deserves. So it's a tough task when you're sitting in those meetings, hearing what people actually think about you.
6: Well, and that kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier with it might be tense if he does stay with the Ravens, too. And it also makes me think you hear about these players, and it it seems like it's the same across all sports when it gets to these you know, different dealings, contract negotiations, especially. They say going in it won't be personal, right? That it's business, and then you go in there, and everything's personal, and they're making it their business. It, so <laughs> that's. And I mean, even look at what happened with Corbin Burns and everything right. with the Brewers. I mean, right. that that relationship seems to be done, and you can see how much it would affect relationships. It,
4: it, it definitely becomes personal when you're sitting in those meetings. Other franchise tags: Jaguars tagged. Uh, tight end Evan Ingram, Commanders tagged D tackle Daron Payne. The Raiders tagged Josh Jacobs. And Dallas tagged um, franchise tag Tony Pollard, who's coming off a broken leg. We'll see how well he does. Possibly maybe releasing Ezekiel Elliott from the Dallas Cowboys. The Chiefs decided not to sign. Uh, Orlando Brown to a franchise tag, which is uh, pretty interesting because that is your starting left tackle. He's been to multiple Pro Bowls, uh, had done a great job in that in that organization. We'll see how, if they're able to come to terms with him or if he's going to be on the
2: move.
8: Yeah, that's going to be big. I mean, the big question after they lost that Super Bowl to the Buccaneers was, can they shore up that offensive line? They immediately did it. You saw they might have even had a better offense this past year, even, without, even with the departure of a Tyreek Hill and the reconstructed offensive line. So to yeah, there's a good chance that I think they they get back in and they and they maybe sign him to a deal anyhow. But if they potentially lose somebody, th- that's one sign. But also, I think remember when we were in here in St. Louis when the Jake Long thing was happening. When a team lets an offensive tackle walk, is that sending a sign about really what, where, where that guy's career is probably headed? Well, it, for me, if whenever, they let him walk, that's, whenever, yeah, if they let him walk, whenever you let
4: a starting left tackle enter free agency, that tells me a lot about what the team thinks about him because the, you have a quarterback who you're paying uh, um, uh, <laughs> how much is he getting paid total 500 million at the end is that, that the total number for, for Patrick Mahomes what it's all boiled down to when it's, when it's all said and done it's a lot of money and if you don't feel that this man is the most important person to protect. 450, 500 million. $500 Close enough. If you don't feel like the left tackle is the most important person, this specific left tackle is not the most important person to protect this quarterback, this $450 million quarterback. That tells me a lot about what they think about Orlando Brown.
6: Okay, real quick. Just one last question. What will this also mean for Aaron Rodgers when he makes his decision?
4: Well, I mean, we're going to see if, if, you know, he has to be traded. But I I would assume that the Packers are going to have to pick up some of that salary. I don't know what the draft trade will be if the the Jets, if they decide to make the trade with him, if they send something back in return, if they pick up the entire salary. That is a whole... It's a different animal in itself trying to figure out what's going to happen with with Aaron Rodgers and, and his whole ordeal. All the right, Prince well, of Darkness, we like to call him. <laughs>
6: <here>. <laughs> we'll wait till he finishes all his ayahuasca journeys. Well, that's Carrie go. Davis. I'm Brooke Grimsley. Coming up next on The Opening Drive, we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line with Bernie Ferdurko. We're going to get in all those blues questions, and we'll talk about the new additions. That's next.
2: You're back to The Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: Welcome back to The Opening Drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line and speak with Hall of Famer Bernie Federko. Bernie, how are you doing this morning?
7: I'm doing fine.
4: Uh, good, to, good to catch up with you. Hey, Bernie, we were talking about uh, the Blues and their struggle on the power play. Uh, can you just talk about what the difference is from last year to this year? And when you're struggling like that, how do you get out of that rut?
7: Well, you know what, I, there's really, it's almost unexplainable, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, the, the same guys are basically on the ice together uh, that were last year. But uh, for whatever reason, uh, they're sometimes you just try to do too much. Uh, you try to be too fancy. And I think that they're, uh, just from watching right now, they're a little frustrated. They're moving the puck around very, very well, but they're not taking the puck to the front of the net. They're not going to win any battles where you get the puck through try to get shots from the point through and then you know just get the old fashioned goals by working the other you know harder than the other guy across from you so uh, right now it's just not clicking and and they've got to find a way around that and certainly it's it's very frustrating i think to watch but i think it's much more frustrating for the guys themselves because i know that they obviously know that they have to get the job done on the power play uh, but it's not happening. But I think they just have to probably simplify things. I'm sure that Chief will mix things up and try to do a little uh, maybe personnel changes uh, on on some of the lines, on some of the units, and, and try, try to get that, I guess, if you want to call it just greasy goal. And that's kind of what they have to start doing.
6: Well, and Bernie, of course, a lot of people have been texting in about this because, you know, with every loss, you're getting closer to a higher draft pick Do you buy into the theory out there that they're tanking for Conor Bedard right now? And your thoughts on that as a player, because obviously you've been through that situation of having some tough losses and things like that. Can you explain why you think that that would or wouldn't be happening?
7: Brook, if you could actually go out there and try to lose games, it would be, it would would be, it would really be a hard thing to do. I mean, no one tries to do that. You know, you, you you don't go out there to try to lose a game. Um, I mean, right now. I mean, last night I thought Vemlka was really the difference. He played very good in goal for for Arizona. Uh, the Blues had plenty of chances to score last night, and he, they, they just kind of got stolen. And we've seen, uh, you know, we've seen Bennington do that to teams here coming in, and and teams very frustrated when they can't score. But you know what? Yes, I mean, I think we're all looking at the draft pick. We're we're looking at and what it would be like to to to, to get that number 1 overall draft pick which of course would be a wonderful thing but the guys don't even think about that their their uh, their job is to go out there and and win hockey games score goals and do what's best for the team so uh, it's not just the blues it's what Arizona's trying to do i mean no one lays down and and tries to to lose games so so no, no matter what anybody says about that and no matter what happens in the draft it's still you have a job to do and I mean, if you're going to go out there and try to lose games, then you're certainly not going to have a job. You become a loser, and then you, you don't get a job anywhere in the league, and, and no one wants that from, from, me, from any of the guys.
4: We had sound the other day from uh, Craig Berube talking about Tyler Tucker and just his importance of getting more time on the ice being a young player. What have you seen from him, and how far can, how, how good can this young man be?
7: Well, he's still learning the game, obviously. I mean, yeah, you can see uh, I think there's a lot of close-ups where he gets a little frustrated uh, with, with things that are happening, but it's a learning process. Uh, uh, playing in the minor leagues is, is a lot different than playing in the NHL. You've got uh, the fastest, the best players playing against you, and, and you have to adjust, and I think it's just a, it's a learning process. And I think he's been fine. Uh, you know, he has an edge to his game. He has to continue to play that way, whether it's uh, – Uh, you know, whacking a couple of guys or getting into a fight or whatever he has to do. But I mean, he's got a a presence on the ice and um, he's getting more and more ice time. And I think he's getting more and more comfortable, but uh, it is, it's, it's, I I think that really, obviously, uh, when you've got guys with the speed that the players have in the league right now, I think that defense is hardest, the hardest position to, to really come into the league. And 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 become comfortable because of of the guys that that that'll beat you uh, with their speed or or whether it be the size and getting position, and it's not like it used to be where you could just whack somebody and cross check somebody and uh, clean the front of the net up. Uh, it's more positioning now because penalties are are called a lot more now because of the. I mean, it's much less physical gain. So, uh, but Tyler's done fine, and I, I think that he's going to continue to improve, and and that's where. Um, you know that's where management is watching. I mean, I think th- that no matter who you are on this team right now, uh, Carrie, I think everybody's really in and uh, wants to get in an audition for the rest of the year because they're they're building towards what they need to do next year, and and certainly everybody wants to be a part of this team.
6: Bernie, you know, you mentioned earlier that it really doesn't make much sense about why the Blues power play has struggled so much this season. Of course, I think you're missing David Perron there, and we miss his shot, his one-timer in that situation. But just looking at this season overall, and they keep saying, all right, we're looking at next season now. What do you think needs to be addressed, the first thing that the Blues need to address this offseason to make sure that this doesn't happen next season? Because it seems like there's just been a lot of different things that haven't panned out like you would have expected it to this season.
7: Well, to be honest with you, Brooke, I think that there's a lot of things that are going on right now that are really unusual because uh, when you look at this defensive system that the Blues had, it's or have had over the course of the last three years or four years, it's not really changed. I mean, Craig Bruby's still the coach, and they're still trying to do the things defensively that they've done um, for the last four years. And, and um, right now, things are just not happening, and uh, nothing has really changed. So, I mean, I think that there's a lot of the personnel on the team are having off years. Uh, it's hard to say that that sometimes, but I mean, there's still uh, an awful lot of talent, especially on that back end. I mean, it's the same as it was. But I think right now, um, just to not look forward to, to next year, I think that this team will still has to look forward to the to the next 19 games and and try to get their act together and get back to the basics that that made them successful defensively. I mean, you can't give up. Ah, uh, six goals or five goals. I mean, I think what uh, the guys were saying last night. was, I think, it's like twenty-three times this year the Blues have given up to five goals or more in a game. Um, that's an awful lot of goals to give up, and that—that's very unusual for the way the system is played. So I think that's kind of one thing is they've got to get back to, to basics defensively. And um, I said it in the air last night. I mean, if you're not going to be scoring goals, you've got to make sure that you check. You've got to start to win. You're looking around the league right now. You're seeing lots of games. I mean, the game Minnesota and Calgary last night ended up being one Um, You know, the, the game the other night, Calgary, you know, wins 2-1. to um, there, there are so many games that are being won with low-scoring games, and you, you've you got to be checking better. And I think that's one thing the Blues are not doing right now, and they've got to get back to start winning games, trying to win games 2-1 to one and 3-2. to two.
4: We're talking to NHL Hall of Famer and pre- and post-game analyst for Bally Sports Midwest, Bernie Federko
6: Bernie, also, we we got to see Vrana for the first time last night. We got to see a little bit of that speed that, you know, we kept hearing everybody talk about. He even had a breakaway chance there. I think everybody was hoping that he would score. It was a great chance for him. But what did you see from him last night?
7: The skill that he does have. I mean, the speed. I mean, he had ended up with six shots on goal, and and I think he was fine. But, I mean, uh, I I think that uh, he's obviously under the microscope as a new guy coming in. Uh, So is Kapanen. Uh, these are the guys that are are are, are, been, are are really the replacements for to the talent that is, has you know been traded away from this team. So um, he was fine, but I mean he, he's not played a lot of hockey this year. Uh, he's been in and out of the lineup. He was sent down to the minors in Detroit. So I mean it's going to take him a while to get used to the Chiefs' system. It's going to take him a while to get used to the personnel that's around him. So, uh, but but with both Ron and Captain, and, and they both have potential. They both have skill. Uh, they've scored goals in the league before. So so those are the guys that, that you're looking for to, to be the replacements. And they're still young, I mean, 26 and 27 years old. So they're kind of just coming into their prime, and, and, and they're going to be hopefully a big part of the of the new talent and, and the new offensive talent that the Blues need going into next year.
4: The Blues take on the San Jose Sharks at home tomorrow at 7 p.m. Bernie will be watching and listening. Uh, thanks for joining us and talk to you next week. Thanks you
7: guys. You have a great day. Thank, Thank you too. Thank you.
4: That was Hall of Fame with Bernie Federco. And coming up next, Brooke, we have one of our best segments of the show is the fight. If you need to we still need a fighter, get your text in to the Air Comfort Service Text line 314 399 9646 and text the word fight and maybe rock will pick you. To fight against me. That's next on and the opening. Carrie's drive. been
6: hot. Watch out. Whoever's <laughs> gonna whoever's gonna be picked.
4: That, that's
3: perfect.
2: <laughs> You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101
3: ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
2: Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive. Please welcome Red
6: to the opening drive. I'm Brooke Grimsley alongside Carrie Davis. Carrie Davis is actually in the hallway right now because you know what time it is. It's time for the fight. And today joining us is Tony. Tony, are you ready to go head to head against Carrie Davis who I might need to warn you has
8: been really good this week. Yeah, doing a little Megamind impression right now. Yeah, he's kind of worrying me, but I'm ready. I'm ready.
6: <laughs> All right. All right. So let's go ahead and get started, Tony. We're going to get started with number one. One of our favorites, Kenny the Jet Smith, celebrates a birthday today. Which team did he win two NBA titles with? The Pistons, Spurs, or Rockets?
8: Well, the NBA is about my worst category, but uh, let's go Rockets. <laughs> Don't worry, it gets easier from here. Kind of. Uh, who was the first quarterback to tally multiple 1,000-yard rushing seasons in their career? Was that Michael Vick, Randall Cunningham, or Lamar Jackson?
7: Ooh.
8: That's the three obvious answers right there. Uh <laughs> appreciate that.
5: Crap. Uh <laughs> I guess, you know what, let's go Lamar Jackson, because that's pretty hard to do.
6: Connor McDavid is currently on pace for 156 points this season. That would be the first 150-plus point scorer in, in, in the NHL since the 95-96 season, when which skater tallied 161 points? Is it Yamir Yager, Pat LaFontaine, or Mario
8: Lemieux? Uh... Mario Lemieux was the first one that popped into my head, so let's go with that. All right, Tony. Who was the first player in the NFL to sign a reported contract of $100 million? Was that Donovan McNabb, Brett Favre, or Drew Bledsoe? Shoot. You know, you think you do really good on these things when you hear it on the radio, <laughs> not, not but... The most common thing we hear from the fighters... Yeah. So, heck, I
7: guess uh, let's go, Brett Favre. All
8: right, All right. we're going to double check our answers, the score for the day, and then we will bring in and we will bring in uh, Carrie Davis. Tony, how are you feeling
6: today about that that performance?
5: Uh, not great.
6: Not great. <laughs> you know what I like? It seemed like you took the system. And correct me if I'm wrong. When you had to do, you know, the multiple choices when we were taking tests when we were younger in high school and even in middle school, would you always just go with your first gut instinct and just roll with it?
8: It it was gut or if I had like a good process of elimination, but, you know, there was none of that. So I had to go all gut on this one. (laughs) Well, Tony, you did well, but Kerry Davis, who played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, is now in the studio. And he was taking an AirPod out of his ear as he was walking to the studio. I asked him, what were you just listening to? Carrie, what were you just listening to? Renegade. (laughs) If he had a 38 jersey on right now, I'd be mighty scared if I were you, Tony. yeah. I had to get my mind out in the hallway shadow boxing. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a jumpsuit on so it would work.
4: All
6: right. We'll go ahead and get started here. Carrie. this is Tony. Tony's going head-to-head with you today. And I don't know. I can't say how we did just yet. How are you feeling, though? I'm doing
4: well. Good morning, Tony. How are you? Morning, I'm good, Carrie. How are you? I'm doing great. We'll see you after this fight. I'll let you know a little <laughs> bit more.
6: <laughs> All right, we'll go ahead and get started, Carrie. So question number one. One of our favorites, Kenny the Jet Smith, celebrates a birthday today. Which team did he win two NBA titles with?
4: Houston Rockets.
8: Right. You want the
4: year? 94-95? 95-96. Want-
8: okay, there you go. Who was the first quarterback to tally multiple 1,000-yard rushing seasons? The first the, quarterback? The first quarterback to tally multiple 1,000-yard rushing seasons in the NFL. Um, and back
4: to Kenny Smith, 93, 94, 94, 95. 95, 96 with the Bulls. Started at third P. 2nd second P. I'm sorry. Quarterback to rush for multiple 1,000-yard seasons. Is that what the question is? That's what the question is. So you have... Michael Vick would might might be on the list. You have, I don't know, if it's, it's Steve Young, Fran Tarkenton, New he, well, Zealand. Well, here we go and getting in the weeds of things. Um, I don't know that Randall Cunningham ever did it. Who? Lamar Jackson is the guy that we've spoken about here on the radio a couple of times today. Ah. Uh, Let's go Let's go with Lamar Jackson.
6: Connor McDavid is on pace for 156 points this season. That would be the first 150-plus point scorer in the NHL since the 95-96 season when which skater tallied 161 points? Do you need the options for this one? He, I, I feel confident, but go
4: ahead and give me the options.
6: All right. Yamir Yager. Pat mm. Lafontaine, or Mario Lemieux.
4: Yarmir Yager, Mario Lemieux, or Pat Lafontaine. <laughs> I, well, how many points was it?
6: It was one hundred and sixty-one points. Uh, this
4: is a.
8: Let's, let's go with the Yarmir Yager. All right, Kerry. Who was the first player in the NFL to sign a, con- a reported contract of $100 million? Are, are, we, are we certain Shut, this time? Yes, we are. <laughs> are who we was sure? the first player in the NFL to sign a reported well, sure contract a year. of $100 million? <laughs> $100 million man.
4: Oh, my goodness. It's probably a quarterback. No? Um... What year will we be looking at?
8: 2000?
4: Oh, I have no idea whatsoever, so this is going to be a complete guess because I got hustled out of my second option from week one, uh, from fight one. Uh, oof. I have no clue. $100 million
8: quarterback. We need an answer. Let's we need an go. Answer Kerry
4: Davis. I, I want to say John Elway, but I feel like maybe Brett
8: Favre.
4: Let's go Favre. No, that's not correct.
8: Probably not even close. But this was a close fight. Tony came in a little nervous, and then Kerry came in with his renegade bumping like it's 2005 all over again, or 2007 all over again. I should say. Indeed. Whew, this is a tough one. Can Carey go on a winning streak here through hump day, or does Tony come in with a chance to make it through to the Hall of Fame without having to face Randy Carricker? Oh. It's a magical chance that Tony has in front of him. Did he secure it? Ring!
2: That! Bell! the winner and new champion of the fight average joe listener
3: the fight is driven by mobile on the run join the on the run stl wash club for a limited time offer of five dollars a month download the app today
8: Congratulations, Tony. You beat Cary Davis. It was a tough fight today, but you got enough. You beat Cary Davis 4-3, to three, and in fact, I, I, only, I only usually do this for Randy. I don't know why. I need to do it for the, the listener as well. You got this as well, sir. Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! Just Tony hit the jack. Yeah. Tony, you got all four right in this yeah, three, win. Congratulations. Right. <laughs> Heck yeah, thanks. There you go. Let's go through those answers. Yeah, if you're listening to Tony, you know them all, but here we go. One of our favorites, Kenny the Jet Smith, one of the best shows on television with TNT. Which, which team did he win two NBA titles with? Kerry gave you the years. It wasn't, of course, the Houston Rockets. The first quarterback to tally multiple 1,000 yard rushing seasons. The only one to do it is Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Conor McDavid is on pace for 156 points this season. He would be the first 150-plus point scorer in the NHL since 95-96 when Mario Lemieux tallied 161 points. In that same season, Yarimir Yager, 149 points ah. in that same season. And the first player to ever sign a reported contract of $100 million it was 10 years, $100 million. Brett Favre oh. signed that on I, March.
4: I that out of thin air. Brett <laughs>
8: <laughs> Brett Favre, myself on the back Brett for that Favre signed that on March 1st, 2001. On March 8th, 2001, Drew Bledsoe broke that with a 10-year, $103 million mm. deal with the New England Patriots at the time. Obviously, uh, history would change the Patriots from there. But because of that kind of McDavid question, Tony beat you, which means, Tony, you're going to be back on the fight tomorrow with another shot to move on to a Hall of Fame round. Congratulations. Thank you so much for joining the fight and the show today. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
7: Yeah, thank you. We'll talk to you then. Good job,
8: Tony. There it is, Carrie. The winning streak broken. Ah, Me I, didn't get to three, so was it a streak. I, I'm not. I'm, oh, wow, wow, Rock. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Same. We always
2: we always
4: play. We always play the manager. Just, you know. uh, and that has happened <laughs> before.
6: <laughs> what well, What was impressive with Tony is he really didn't think like he didn't sit there and stew about it. He just went with his gut instinct.
4: Ah, he did a good job. It's a little easier when you have all the options, though. You know, <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying. Rock right? a little easier when you, you did, got all the options. You did.
6: You did. The only one that you needed options for is the one that you missed, right?
4: Yeah.
8: Somebody says here six three six unfair. Whenever CD does the fight, you spoon feed him a bunch of football questions. Uh-huh. Just get that gives him the edge and a disadvantage to the fighter. Just saying. Not if I don't. If you knew where I pulled Brett Favre out of, you wouldn't
3: believe. You
8: wouldn't be saying
4: that. That was, whew, That one came out of the blue. That was that was good job by me. Unfortunately, Tony got all four correct. So you know. It happens. It happens. I, I, to the texter, where is he from? The six three six. Yeah, I don't know any uh, '60s baseball Cardinal trivia. I'm sorry, I was not alive yet, so I can't. <laughs> won't be able to. <laughs> wouldn't be able to do that. Uh, coming up next, the Blues took a tough loss out in Arizona yesterday, but Pavel Bujnovic was one of the bright lights from yesterday's game. We'll discuss what the Blues need to do in order to get some wins back on their record. That's next on the Open and Drive.
2: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN,
3: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Motorstrom's
5: going to shoot it wide of the net off a of Coyotes faceoff win. They go behind the net. centered it around from Dia. And a puck cleared by the Blues. Ahead to Butch Navich. Breakaway shoots. He scores. By the Arizona defense. But Robert Thomas gets it right back for the Blues. Stick handles in. Curls it to the wall. Hits the trailer. Down low. Butch Namich, What a play. Score.
4: That was Chris Kerber last night here on ESPN 101 ESPN. Two goals scored by Pavel Bucinavich, the only two goals scored, in a 6-2 loss versus the Arizona Coyotes last night. And, Brooke, we were talking about this earlier. Um, they struggled mightily at times last night, not finding opportunities to get the puck in the neck. Obviously, Pavel Buchnevich was able to, but all in all, six opportunities on the power play, zero goals. They changed up the units at, at one point where they brought in the second unit to start off a power play because it was just really, really Tough for them to get things going, turning the puck over, uh, and not being really too aggressive in the in the offensive zone, allowing them to put pucks in the net.
6: Well, I, I will say, Pavel Buchnevich, and we've been talking about him all week and for good reason, has been the one really big bright spot for the Blues in all this. Ever since returning from the injured list when he was dealing with that issue with his ankle where he needed a minor surgery, ever since coming back, you can just tell – how much he elevates people around him, how good he is. Seems like he's even taking on more of a leadership role as well. And also, last night, literally was the only person who scored for the Blues. Mm. You can tell that he's still going out there and putting out the most effort. It seems like even though the team's a lot weaker around him, that he's the one that's still shining, right? Yeah. He's the one that's still showing that he wants to be here. He wants to compete. I think that's a player that's listening to what Berube and Armstrong are saying about mm. we want to see who's still fighting, who still wants to be here. And he's doing just that. He also extended his point streak, to to six straight games. I mean, he's he's done fantastic so far, and he's hit the 20-goal mark.
4: Yeah. They, they, the Blues had a, had a couple of chances last night. Uh, it was a 2-on-0 break with Kyrou and Thomas, uh, where Kyrou fed it to Thomas, and Thomas was unable to get it in. Kyrou had another opportunity where he split two defenders, got right to the net, uh, and just the puck was bouncing and, and slid off, and he was— literally behind the net and had didn't have a good shot on didn't have a good chance to get a shot on goal um Kyrie had another opportunity in the slot where he had a one-timer and the defenseman blocked it they were they were getting their shots they had 42 of them 42 uh shots on goal which is a lot of shots on goal uh just not able to get the puck in the net when I said they they had the opportunities unfortunately they have to figure out a way whether it's changing some things up on the power play unit. Uh, When you have that man advantage, they actually had a two-man advantage, a five-on-three at one point, and were unable to score a goal. You got to figure out what's causing that. I I think it's just not... Ruby has talked about it a lot of times, being more direct and, and getting to the front of the net. Good things happen when you get to the front of the net. I had a coach tell me all the time, You know, when the ball is thrown down the field, sprint to the ball carrier, sprint to the guy that caught the ball because something could happen. The ball pops out. You're right there to make a fumble recovery. You're 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 able to save the day, knock the ball out of bounds. Good things happen when you get to the football in football. Good things happen when you get to the front of the net in hockey. And there are rebound opportunities that you could put the puck back in. I think they need more of that as opposed to playing on the perimeter. uh, Oftentimes when they're on the power play.
6: It's just really confusing to see how much special teams has changed after that being like their bread and butter last season, a reason that they won a lot of games for it to drop off so much. I do think that losing David Perron has a lot to do with that because, I mean, he had a wicked one-timer that I that was obviously really hard to stop because we saw how much it benefited them. And it seems like there hasn't been anybody who's taken over that role. I know that they've had moments where they've tried to you know slot Jordan Cairo in that same position to see if he could do that because he also has a quick release but I think it's going to just take hopefully a little bit more time to figure that out and if we're looking ahead to next season next season starting now I would like to see them figure it out by the end of the season of what's (laughs) what's working and what's not working with these power play units because you can't have this continue on you can't have that big of a drop off from one season to the next also we have to mention Jakob Rana. We're mm-hmm. going to call him Jakob. We're not calling we're him, call Jacob him Jacob here on no, 101 Yacoub. ESPN. Yakub. Okay, Yacoub 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 I'm still Rana. working on it because we just figured that out yesterday. I think we, I think we thought it was Jakob yep. at first Yacoub. and then because he's Czech and then we heard him say it's Jakub. We are not calling him Jacob here on no. 101 ESPN. We're going to give you your birth name and we're going to say <laughs> it. We're going to work on it. It's going to take a minute but we're going to get it right. He also made his first appearance as a blue last night. It seems like Brady Ferdinand and the Blues were pleased with his performance there's times we saw his speed he had a nice breakaway chance there so it will be interesting to see how he fits in this as well and also possibly with special teams as you mentioned
4: well I, I you know Brooke I'm I'm fine with you know whatever he brings offensively I, there is a play uh, the goal scored by, by Clayton Heller uh, where Clayton Keller excuse me where they um, they there were three Blues forwards. He, they basically, the Coyotes took it from behind their own net, were able to go 200 feet, score a goal. And you you see the play when you cut it off at the end, there are three forwards behind Keller as he puts the puck in the net. I need guys that are going to be able to hustle back on both ends. And, and not saying that, you know, one play does not define, you know, who you are or what you are. But when it's multiple plays, when it's happening to multiple players, we talk a lot about this team giving up, five, six goals a game, how many games they've done it this year, it's a ton. And it. most of those goals are, are because of lack of defense from the forwards, not getting back and back checking, not getting back and hustling and putting a body on someone. So if they want to be successful – if Rana is going to come here and have success, if Kasperi Kapanen is going to come here and have success, I think it's going to start on that end, making sure they're more physical, more present than what the Blues have been this this entire season from the forward position.
6: Unless Rana plans on making a couple of changes, I can tell you right now from what I've seen, he is not not much of a defensive-minded guy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so you're gonna add that along with Jordan Cairo and maybe that's not his role Is we're looking to create this new identity with the Blues but he's definitely not going to be that physical guy that physical presence as well so it, it's interesting to see how this is all playing out also we asked Bernie for Durko mm. NHL Hall of Famer because we see your text message your text coming in I also see it all over social media are the Blues purposely tanking are they trying to lose hard for Bedard he said, no, that they're yeah. not doing that. And you said that as well from a player perspective. Yeah. It's hard. I don't know how you would convince a bunch of players to say, go out and just not do you, you your job. <laughs>
2: you would Exactly.
4: It's too much involved in it to, to lose games. It's too much on the line for you personally to lose games. Curbs and Joey had had thoughts after that Keller goal last night.
2: That
5: pitcher says it all. There's four Blues bodies around Clayton Keller. Look at that shot. Three forwards, and all of them are gliding back. Not one is striding. There's four (laughs) bodies around Keller, and no one grabs a stick. I mean, they're all, again, they're there, but they're not there. It has been the consistent problem all season long for this team.
6: They are there, but just not there. And maybe they just thought, you know, he's a St. Louisan. He just needs it. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Of course not. Uh, But, yeah, that was Clayton Keller's 26th goal of the season, too. And there was times, especially when you look at it being broken down, where it's like, what are you guys doing? You guys are just watching this happen, essentially, just skating alongside him. You're not getting to the net quick enough to defend it.
4: Yeah, I I don't know what has to take place in order for – them to decide that this is the the route we want to play. This is the effort and energy we want to play with. When you are not, I don't know if it's an unwillingness or if it's just, it's not in their DNA to do it. And, And if it's not in your DNA to do it, you probably have never done it your entire career. And hopefully... Hopefully this offseason they they find a few guys that do have that in their DNA to get back on defense to hustle back to put a body on on opposing players and not allow, you know, easy two-on-one shots to the goal because as as a goaltender, you if you're Jordan Bennington and you see that play on replay, you watch it in film today, you you're going to look at your guys in a different you're just going to kind of look at them like, "Hey, Come on, man. We, 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 we're we all in this. And it's not all on me. It's not on all, all on you. It's on all of us in order to have the success. But I need this from you all just as much as you need me to stand on my head certain nights.
6: You know who I kind of missed that was in the other day uh, or in town the other day from Seattle was Vince Dunn. Missing mm. his physicality, especially defensively, how he just goes after guys. Of course, you don't like seeing it because he was obviously going after his former teammates. But still, <laughs> just see, seeing how physical he is, you're like, man, you miss that. And he was a part of that 2019 team. Yep. Obviously, he was injured. But remember, he even was so badly injured, he still played through it. I feel like you need a guy like that again, a guy who's willing to go through all that and show that he wants to be out there, bring that physicality. Even in Oscar Sundquist, you miss that as well, mm-hmm. his physical presence. They definitely need that right now.
4: They definitely do. The Cardinals are still looking for some positions. Middle infield, backup catcher. We'll talk about it next on the opening drive.
2: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
6: When you're looking at Gorman, this is again a bat that last year the Cardinals wanted in the lineup almost every day. When they called him up, they didn't call Gorman up to be an off-the-bench platoon guy. They called him up to make an impact. That's what you're seeing from second base. He could be the everyday starting second baseman. It will depend on the spring of Paul DeYoung as well. Brendan Donovan looks like he'll be the odd man out at second base if that does happen. But the good news for Brendan Donovan is he can play, like, I don't know, six other positions.
4: That was Katie Wu, Cardinals writer for The Athletic, joining BK and Ferrario on Tuesday, talking about the second base position. And uh, and they were, what's going to take place? And, and she thinks that maybe Brendan Donovan may be the odd man out. And she brought up Paul DeYoung as well, potentially, depending on how well he performs. If he starts to find his stroke, if he's able to... You know, hit the ball a little bit better than he has in the past few years, maybe there's an opportunity opportunity there for him as well.
6: You see, I see short is Tommy Edmonds' position mm-hmm. through and through. And then it, I feel like with Brendan Donovan and Nolan Gorman, it's still just going to be kind of... They're going to rotate. It's going to depend on who they're facing. Nolan Gorman has definitely improved in areas that you wanted him to improve in. Mm -hmm. Offensively, he's been doing great. Also, as I mentioned earlier, he hit a home run off a left-handed pitcher. That's big because last year, all of his home runs came off of righties. And they wanted to make sure he could do that this season. He is doing that this season. And Gorman has been very consistent. He's 6-for-17 with two home runs and five RBI this season. His batting average is now up to .353 we know that they want a better lineup this year a lineup that can offensively withstand this schedule as well especially here early on if one guy's not completely running away with it say that donovan's not running away with it why not give guys some extra rest days and have them kind of rotate in and out of that second base spot
4: do you see a scenario because she brought up the name paul de young obviously that's a name that <laughs> makes cardinal fans ears perk up whenever they hear it do you think that there is a scenario where paul DeYoung could hit his way into being one of those middle infielders
6: i'm waiting for it that's <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the biggest thing now, right
8: why are you waiting for it because it's fun to see the collective roof no pop I, i'm just hands saying hands i'm or? saying quite
6: literally i am literally waiting for him to hit his way in this conversation when he does enough tommy edmund that's that's his job yep. also brendan donovan as she mentioned there can play Literally every position, and he seems to thrive in it. So, I almost would put him in more than Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung has to assert himself more into the conversation. They're giving him another chance. This is what, like chance number three, four, or five? We'll see what he does with it. But as of right now, that's Tommy Edmond, Brendan Donovan with a chance there. Donovan also rotating in and out of that second base spot with. Nolan Gorman.
4: I think the fact that that Gorman brings that pop is what the Cardinals are going to, you know, be more excited about. Randy and I have talked about it a lot, though, is making sure that he is able to play the position soundly and, and to the level that you would get from Brendan Donovan if he's in there every single day. And it's just kind of going to be a, a decision that you have to make. Am I going? Am I more moved by the offensive prowess of, of what Gorman brings or what? the defensive liability that he could be in comparison to what Brendan Donovan is. I, I think that's going to be the main factor. And if, if Tyler, if Nolan Gorman can play to the level defensively, then I don't think that there's a question there to be asked, but if there are any errors in the field or, or mishaps, mistakes, things that are not taking place uh, that you normally need for a team, for pitchers that are ground ball pitchers, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle to decide to have him in there every single day knowing that you have someone sitting on the bench who actually has a gold glove playing a multitude of positions on the infield.
6: As I mentioned, the gold glove doesn't really seem to mean that much sometimes which for the Cardinals. Which is crazy to me. That,
4: it that, doesn't that, matter that as is much. crazy to me because if I'm looking at a, a player that is a gold glove winner, and again, it's a utility gold glove, which means he's able to play multiple positions, but the fact that he won it tells me that he is an elite defender and and. You know, if you have a staff that is going to be pitching to ground balls and and having a lot of ground balls, you want a gold glove winner in there to prevent mishaps from taking place.
6: And look, and and that's maybe just kind of the beauty of this situation is that you do have so much depth with guys who are talented defensively where you can interchange it. It seems like that's how they're approaching a lot of different positions this season. We haven't even gone into it. That might be saved for a topic for tomorrow, but there also is still a – a competition amongst the catchers, yep. too. I mean, Ali Marmal saying yesterday that, you know, the backup job behind Wilson Contreras is not exactly guaranteed to Andrew Kisner. Wilson Contreras is not expected to pit or to catch every yeah. single day. So it seems like they are approaching some of these positions that way until they're forced to say, okay, this is. 100% your job. Like, there's guys that you know that unless something bad happens, like a Nolan Arenado or right. Paul Goldschmidt, that's their positions. But it seems like everything else essentially is up for grabs, and they're banking on their depth to help them in these situations where you can kind of move guys in and out of games. Or if somebody's experiencing arm fatigue like a Dylan Carlson right now, then you're fine. You're not You're not as worried about it. Which, speaking of today, they're playing at noon, as you mentioned, against the Yankees. This is a very interesting lineup they have. You have Donovan at second today. Okay. Carlson's still dh because he's still battling the arm fatigue. Walker in left field. Yepes at first. Gorman at third. Burleson in right field. Th- those positions are all interesting. Of course, you have a lot of your main guys out for the World Baseball Classic, but I would be very interested to see, as we're talking about, Donovan today at second.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, w- him getting the opportunity there. Mason Wynn at shortstop. I... I- You know, the best thing about when you're a coach, when you have the it looks like it's tough decisions, but eventually it'll all play itself out. But when you have multiple people competing for multiple spots, it makes the team that much better because somebody isn't going to make the team right. Somebody is going to have to go to to, to AAA and, and have to go down and they're going to have to fight their way back up. And someone is going to have to fight to stay on the roster each day, which means. Competition brings out the best of everyone. It makes the team better. We were talking yesterday about the pitching staff and how when one of those guys get going, the rest of them say, hey, I gotta I gotta hold up my end of the bargain as well. Talking to Claves about that. So when the competition is is the competition level is raised. Everyone wants to do their part to be the best that they can. And I think this middle infield is doing that. I think the backup catcher position is doing that. I, I still think the outfield, still trying to figure out, you know, who's going to be on the roster is still a part of that as well. So for me, and and I'm sure for Ali and his staff, I'm sure this is a bit frustrating, but it's also fun and intriguing because these guys are are playing their butts off, giving you the best that they have trying to make this roster.
6: You see, okay, to your point, defensively, and look at how beautiful this is, how you can just move things around because of what you have depth-wise.
4: Mm-hmm. Say that
6: it's a day Adam Wainwright's pitching. Who do you want to have behind him?
4: You want Donovan, Donovan and... and, exactly. and, and <laughs> so then and, that's,
6: that's a day that you can gotcha. slot him in. Okay. Nolan Gorman... Great day for Jack Flaherty, right? Okay. To help out offensively or some other guys. You see, I, I like I, I that how you saying, have that yeah. ability. It's, it seems like a very competitive advantage. And I'm sure fun for Ali Marmol to be able to say, look at the pitching matchup, look at who's out there. And you have so much talent, so much depth that you can kind of fit guys in and out.
4: Now, my only rebuttal to that would be for you if a guy is going well do you want him to have to miss a day here every other day not having those starts day after day because there is yeah. something about getting those plate appearance being comfortable it's like you know with, with running backs if you take them out every other series they're not getting in the groove of the game you want guys to have that that feeling of playing every single day and knowing that they're going to be out there there's going to come a point I think where Gorman is is hot and now you got Wainwright starting, and we're going to have to put him out there because he's been going so well, you don't want to take him out of the lineup just because of who's pitching today. So I think that also is going to come into play when guys are hitting well or, or maybe struggling a little bit more than they have through in that season.
6: You know, and look, I, you don't see many days because if I, correct me if I'm wrong, when Nolan Arnato had his first child, he took like a day off, mm-hmm. I think. But there are going to be some times that some guys are going to need some breaks. Uh, I don't know. Maybe first birthday for for Nolan, little baby Nolan. I don't know. But, you know, there's going to be times that even like a Nolan Aranato needs a break. And then you have Nolan Gorman available where he's played third base before right. and he's succeeded at that. You have those options. So if a guy gets hot, though, then, yeah, you you you're going to put them go. in. Say yep. that it's either Donovan or Gorman. I They're 100% going to go with the hot hand. It's just going to be interesting to see how they deal with this early on, if they're going to use this as kind of a competitive advantage.
4: That's Brooke. I'm Kerry. The Cardinals played today in Tampa versus the New York Yankees. Start time is 12.05. Brooke, with the World Baseball Classic starting up, Tyler O'Neill and Wayne Wright. Tough starts the Edmond and Newt, how much fun they're having, which Cardinal storylines are you most excited to watch and pay attention to over the next couple of weeks. We'll talk about that next on the opening drive.
3: You're back to the opening drive podcast on one Oh one ESPN presented by Dobbs tire and auto centers.
8: But I've not been a part of a different team. I've never changed teams or gone to a different complex, even. You know, I mean, like. For me, I get on the bus, I know everybody on there, you know, since I was 21 years old. And so um, it's been fun just meeting all these new guys that I've never met before and played against for a long time and talking about old at bats we had or games that we played against each other. But it was a, I, I told Goldie and Nolan, this was kind of like the first day of school for me, you know, meeting everybody <laughs> new. And I got a new teacher, I got a new class, I don't even know where I'm going. Like, <laughs> where's the wing I'm headed to? You know, it's,
1: it's been fun.
4: That's Adam Wainwright talking about his World Baseball Classic experience. And, Brooke, I'm sure that... You know, for these guys to have an opportunity to represent your country is an awesome feeling, Uh, as Wayno said, to be able to go up and talk to guys that he's competed against for so many years and have those moments talking about at-bats. Do you remember when I struck you out? No, remember I hit it out on you in this moment? Those are memories that you normally don't get to share with opponents, and to have those times right now, I'm sure, for all of these Cardinals that are are, uh, in the World Baseball Classic is a special moment for them.
6: Well, and Bueno has talked about that so much, about how big and important it is for him to represent Team USA, even if you look at his Twitter picture, which I believe it's still the same, it's the U.S. flag painted on his face. It's been <laughs> like that for, I feel like, years. You can tell how much pride that he has in this. Also, just talking about with Nolan Arenado, he gets to play with Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, the Cardinals' representation on Team USA as well, and... As I mentioned, this means so much to him because before he said, and he said this many times, he's never fully gotten over getting cut from that 2003 Olympic qualifying team for the 2004 Olympics. This is what he had to say about that.
7: It's night outside. It's pitch dark. I'm out in this little boat in the middle of this lake. It's like this little four or five acre lake in this community that I was living in. And uh, just out there crying, bawling. My neighbors were probably freaked out by it. And... Uh, you know, I'm just calling and crying up to God. I'm just like, hey, from now on, I command, I'm going to make every pitch like it's the last pitch of the World Series. I'm going to throw every pitch with such conviction, with such with such fortitude, with such belief that it's the last pitch of the World Series. That's how serious I'm going to take it.
6: And you can tell how seriously he takes it. That was Adam <laughs> Wainwright talking with Randy Carricker and Michelle Smallman just last summer about how important this is for him. Just... That's what you love about Adam Wainwright, right? Right? Because it feels like he just breaks that fourth wall and lets you in, lets you know his actual true feelings and passions. And you can feel that passion of how much he wants to represent Team USA but also how much he cares about this and his performance out in the field.
4: Yeah, I mean, there is something to be said about, like I said, representing your country. You see it in basketball when when the NBA players get to go over and how important it is to to put that medal on uh, when they win the championship or if they they don't finish it in the right in the way that they would like to. But to be a part of representing your country is is an awesome feeling and it's a special thing for the for all of these guys, not just for you know the Cardinals that are representing. USA, but you talk about Newt. You talk about uh, you talked about Tyler O'Neill representing Canada. They're, all of these guys are going to have an experience and have moments with teammates on their on their respective teams where they come back to the Cardinals and say, "Man, Newt is going to be talking about his time with with Shohei Ohtani, and man, he he the the stories that they will be able to share is going to be fun." You already saw Shohei using the pepper grinder. Seems like Newt is is having an influence on him. So you know it's going to be. Uh, fun for these men. Hopefully, everyone comes back healthy and doesn't have any injuries. Nothing, nothing happens there while they're playing, and they can get back to the Cardinals safely and and be ready to get this season started. But the experience is something that you will never forget because it's not. It's only a selected few that get chosen to be able to re- represent their countries at this time.
6: Well, and you mentioned health there. Also, I forgot to mention Miles Michaelis. Obviously, will be pitching as well. But Miles Michaelis has been fantastic. He's allowed just two hits and no earned runs while striking out five and six. Innings. Of work so far in spring training. So it'll be exciting to see how he performs. Now, Wayno, you mentioned health mm-hmm. and guys saying healthy. That's, of course, the biggest thing that we're going to watch from Wayno, right? Once we see him in the start yep. against Great Britain, which, by the way, is on Saturday at 8 p.m., I think we're all going to stay up late for that one, but <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what happens with him because, as we know, he's been dealing with back spasms, which has kind of left him with some stiffness, stiffness, which has played a significant role, I would say, in him allowing eight hits and four earned runs and five innings of work this spring. He's had a little bit of a break now going into that Game 1 start. And even Ali Marmol revealed that they've known for a while that he will be getting that Game 1 for Team USA. So they kind of plan things around yeah. that. So maybe a little bit of a break will benefit him. And hopefully things will go well for him. And he won't have... That issue that he was dealing with early on in spring training.
4: Yeah, I, the fast had Matt Holiday on uh, last week, and he was talking about if there is something nagging or something that is you know not right. Waino is a veteran; he's a he's been playing baseball for a long time. He understands the importance of being healthy for the Cardinal season and the longevity of that. So I don't think he would risk it, even though you know he had that moment in his boat where he was feeling how he felt and, and how important this moment is to represent Team USA. I think he still understands that playing for the Cardinals is is his main job and his main focus. So hopefully nothing does come up but if it does I'm sure he'll take the right steps to the right precautions to make sure that he's ready to go.
6: And you mentioned earlier Shohei Ohtani and we talked about this yesterday. Lars Newbar is doing the best job I feel like of recruiting Shohei Ohtani. <laughs> that's why we love, that's Maybe why we love he can Newt. convince him to take a discount too <laughs> because ah! we know that he's going to cost ah! a lot of money but Shohei Ohtani and Lars Newbar their friendship they created is great and Lars revealed that what happened with the pep- the pepper grinder you mentioned yeah. with Sho- Shohei is obviously there's a language barrier for those mm-hmm. that you that don't know Lars Newbar doesn't speak Japanese fluently mm-hmm. and so there's a little bit of a language barrier. So basically Shohei said through a translator, "You figure out the celebration first and I will follow." Okay. And so Lars Newbar was able to get that done and then you got Shohei <laughs> to participate with the pepper grinder. I just having seeing so much pride with Lars Newbar and Tommy Edmund both of their mothers well Tommy Edmonds from Korea and then Lars is from Japan but they said they're playing for their mothers That's because awesome. of the Japanese heritage they are the both of them are the first to ever be on team Korea and team Japan that weren't born in those countries wow. That's amazing. That is. It truly is. And I'm trying to get my hands on a Lars Newbar Japan jersey because, for those who don't know, I, I do come from Japanese ancestry. Mm. So, I even have a lot of pride, personally, for <laughs> well, Lars Newbar making gotta, that we roster. we got to make a
4: phone call to, to someone to see if, if Newt can bring you one back. Maybe he'll bring one, a signed one back for you.
6: Yeah, because I tried to go on the Team Japan website. First of all, I can't read Japanese well, so that doesn't help me out. <laughs> huh. um, and, and everything was sold out, so I, at least I could figure that out. but. But everything yeah. was sold out on their website. So Indeed. still exciting to see so many Cardinals players representing their countries. And obviously, Team USA is stacked, especially when you have those Cardinals in there.
4: It, it definitely is. That's Brooke. I'm Kerry. Coming up next, we got a new segment called Let Me Clear My Throat. We'll talk about it next on the opening drive.
2: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN,
3: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
6: Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Brooke Grimsley, alongside Carrie Davis. And Carrie, man, we've talked about it. This NFL franchise tag fallout has been really interesting, especially when we're talking about Lamar Jackson. It seems really weird that so many teams are making it clear that they will not participate in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. Carrie, is it because he's representing himself and and wants a fully guaranteed deal? We need to get. This perspective from you. And you need to get it off your chest, right? Yeah,
4: I do. Because I, I feel as though there let me start by saying this: there is no reason to believe that the NFL owners are above collusion. They are right on the level of colluding. They are they that they would do something like that. They they have, in fact, done something like that. A few years ago, when the NFL was trying to keep the players out, they were trying to use funds from DirecTV. To, to hold them over as opposed to going to the table and having good conscious efforts in trying to deal with the players because they were making money from DirecTV. The NFL got sued and was not allowed to use that money from DirecTV, so essentially forcing them to the table with the players and making them deal in fair act and saying that they had to come to the table and do the right things. In this situation with Lamar Jackson, we have talked about Um, the Deshaun Watson contract and how that is the outlier and that is not what everyone else is supposed to be getting paid. Well, we can't pretend like he's not getting paid that one organization, the Cleveland Browns decided to go against the trend, decided to go outside of the, the normal thinking of what all owners do and paid Deshaun Watson a ton of money, guaranteed money to make sure that he would be their quarterback for years to come. What we can't do is pretend like that contract does not exist in this moment. And so here you have a Lamar Jackson. We talked about it earlier. When you hit the free agent market, that is the time for you to get paid. In the NFL, you pray and hope that you can make it to that first free agent period where you can get paid and if you make it to a second one you're 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 good to go but this is his first time speaking of Lamar Jackson where he has the opportunity to get paid and he wants to be paid as as though he's the best player on the market and so now You have multiple owners, have multiple teams reportedly have come out and said, yeah, we're not interested. We're not in the the Dolphins, the Falcons. You got teams that don't have quarterbacks or quarterbacks with head injuries saying we're not interested in one of the elite players in this game has ever seen. An MVP winner, a guy that is 45 and 16 in his starts in his in his five year career. And people will say, well, he's been injured. Oh, we don't want to pay him the guaranteed money because he's injured. Well, guess what? He doesn't want to play if he's not guaranteed the money. There was an opportunity, I'm sure, playoff time, where he could have come back and helped the team out. Maybe, I know there were reports that the team was a little bit thrown off by the fact that he didn't play. Possibly could have came back, maybe not 100% healthy, but could have come back and played in that game to help the Baltimore Ravens win a game. They probably weren't going to win the the Super Bowl, but win a game in the playoffs. Well, I I will show you one, Robert Griffin the third, who did that for his organization, and his knee was never the same. You know who was teammates with Robert Griffin the third? Lamar Jackson. So I guarantee they have had conversations about what took place in Robert in RG3's career and what could potentially take place in Lamar Jackson's career. Why would I go out there and risk myself, my body, if you aren't willing to put what I deserve on the line for me? And so now you're looking at a player that, oh, he's selfish. He's this, he's that. He's not selfish. He's intelligent. He knows what the market is. He does not care that other teams don't believe that that's what the market is. This is the number that we have. It's in ink. It's not in pencil. You cannot erase it. It's in ink. It's written down. This is the number of Deshaun Watson. You can pay him 234.00001 and he would probably be happy with one extra dollar. It wouldn't matter. Or 10 extra dollars. I don't know how many zeros I put there. Either way, the fact that he wants more than what Deshaun Watson got does not make him a selfish person. He is setting the market for the rest of the quarterbacks that come after him. And the NFLPA should be looking heavily into making sure that owners are not colluding, coming to an agreement after the Browns decided to pay Deshaun Watson and saying, we aren't going that far anymore. The rest of us are here, they are there, and we are going to pretend like that contract does not exist.
6: You see, that was something that was interesting to me, especially moving here to St. Louis and seeing how everything – panned out with Stan Kroenke and how the NFL handled that situation where I was like, wait a minute. You do start to see that there is a lot more going on behind the scenes of these NFL owners watching out for each other. And I think a lot of people look at Roger Goodell like, well, why don't you do something? Roger Goodell's not there to actually delegate things. No, he's, That's there to the get problem. Paid. he's paid by the owners. Yeah.
4: Why would he do anything? That's the problem
6: that it seems like with the NFL, especially on the owner side, is that there's not a checks and balances system in order to hold them accountable when they do do things like this, right? Right. And that's that's what I'm thinking. So my my next question to you would be, what do you think is the best case and worst case scenario for Lamar Jackson in this situation?
4: I I think the worst case scenario for Lamar is that no one offers him anything and he stays with this non-exclusive franchise tag. And he has to either decide to play for 32 million guaranteed. Or sit out and wait for a fully guaranteed contract over the next four or five, six years that is what he desires. I think the best case scenario is somebody offers him the money that he deserves, the $230-plus $230 $235, whatever that number is, fully guaranteed, and he says, I'll take it. And then the Baltimore Ravens say, you got him. And, and and now that team would have to give up a couple of draft picks. But that would be the best case scenario for him. Because I don't think him going back – if the number – if if let's say the – I don't know. I know the Atlanta Falcons said they weren't interested. But let's just say the Atlanta Falcons decide to say we'll give them $235 million, And the Baltimore Ravens say, okay, we'll match it. Him going back to Baltimore after that takes place – I don't, <laughs> you don't want him back in that building if you have to pay 235 million and you didn't want to because now he the power has shifted from you to him you're paying me what i want you don't want me here and now i have all of the leverage so I don't think that that would be good for the Baltimore Ravens. So best case scenario for all parties involved, some team offers him a contract that he is willing to sign and the Baltimore Ravens don't match it and he's able to move on and not have any dealings with the Baltimore Ravens anymore. Uh, Ryan Clark had some thoughts on the collusion possibilities as well. Here's what he said.
0: Let's be clear. The NFLPA, I was part of the executive committee. They've sued the NFL for collusion before, and that was in the uncapped year. And if you believe that all these teams and executives and owners aren't upset with the deal that Deshaun Watson got in Cleveland, then you've absolutely lost your mind. And when Adam says that the team or that Baltimore has an idea of what the market can be, we know the combine is less. about those dudes on the field and more about the conversations going on between between traders and between free agents and having those conversations and if you don't think that collusion is a part of this league and the league understands that we don't want to continue giving these guaranteed deals out then you're absolutely out of your mind
4: exactly i mean these guys (laughs) and by guys i mean these billionaire owners are I'm sure at some point, whether it's I don't think it's a covert meeting where they're all meeting in a space underground and having, you know, uh, (laughs) these dark windows and nobody's there to, to, to watch them come in and go go out. But I do believe that somehow, some way communication is passed along to one another saying, hey, we're good on not paying this amount of money. Right. Yep. I'm good. You good. I'm good. Okay, cool. And they decide in that fashion where they are not going to pay what the Cleveland Browns paid for a quarterback. It's just not something that they are willing to do, even though Cleveland Brown, the Cleveland Browns set the, the precedent by paying Deshaun Watson that much.
6: Yeah, it, you, can, you can really tell that right now, too. It's, it's just interesting to watch, and you hope the best for Lamar Jackson, but it seems like he has a tough battle ahead.
8: That's Brooke. I'm Kerry. Rock, what you got for us? Listen, everybody, the NCAA tournament's coming right up, and here's the best way to celebrate. First-round action tips off next week, and ESPN 101, ESPN will be getting in on the fun, excuse me, by going to watch the games at Max Downtown in Alden. We'll be broadcasting live next Thursday and Friday, live from Max with BK and Ferrario from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., and then the Fast Lane from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. There'll be plenty of screens to watch all the first-round madness, plus delicious food, the coldest beers, tons of 101 ESPN giveaways, and more. That's BK and Ferrario and the Fast Lane live next Thursday and Friday for the NCAA tournament at Max downtown in Alton. And speaking of ends, speaking of 101 giveaways and some great ones, we got one right now for you, Kerry Davis. 101 has your chance to score a pair of tickets to see Guns N' Roses on September 9th at Bush Stadium. Tickets for Guns N' Roses are on sale now, or you can text in to win free tickets from 101 ESPN at 314-399-9646. That's going to be texter number 30 who answers this question for us, Kerry Davis. John ja Morant's in a little bit of hot water right now, so let's get a little trivia out right now. This is a little this is a tough one for him. What college did John ja Morant? play basketball for? What college did John Morant play basketball for? Text number 30. is going to win two. is going to win tickets to Guns N' Roses. And again, you can find all the ticket info and a bonus chance to register to win tickets for Guns N' Roses live at Busch Stadium right now on your 101 ESPN mobile app or at 101ESPN.com. Or you can text right now to 314- 399- 9646 with the answers. Text number 30. What college did John Morant play his basketball at?
4: And quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals is a Pretty small guy, right? He's diminutive. I'd call him
8: diminutive. <laughs> okay. In, in, in a league where a lot of people are like 6'2, six 6'3. Six the quarterback I would for the Arizona Cardinals. Diminutive, is diminutive. Or 5'10, however it's called. Okay. Tall just, is. Just making sure. The quarterback
4: for the Arizona Cardinals. Well, why, are you, why are you bringing this up right now? <laughs> You'll figure it out. <laughs> Coming up next, we got a little bit of rock and roll.
3: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
2: Let's rock. Let's rock today.
4: Welcome back to the opening drive. It's time for a little rock and roll. Rock, what you got for us?
8: Well, with what's going on right now with Ja Morant? Uh, you have to think about what went down uh 13 years ago with Gilbert Arenas and Javaris Crittenden with the Washington Wizards. And so, who else to respond to what's going on right now or talk about these situations than Gilbert Arenas? So, there was a report yesterday from NBA reporter Mark Stein that... Should the NBA, which is now doing an investigation on whether on how Ja got a gun to the club? Because if you have a gun on team premises, which is the private flight Mm -hmm. to away games, that counts. Yep. There is not now Mark Stein has now corrected his tweet and he said there is not an official 50-game suspension for the NBA for this kind of infraction, but that's the benchmark they've used because that's what they use for Gilbert Arenas. So Gilbert Arenas was doing his podcast, and he came out and told the behind-the-doors story of what actually happened when he got suspended those 50 games back in 2010.
9: So, uh, therefore, um, the real story is I got bullied into 50 games. So, again, on record, I've never been suspended for guns in a locker room because they couldn't prove that those were my actual guns. What I got suspended for was detrimental to the team because when the media was attacking me, like Ja, I was reacting emotionally. So they decided to say, well, you're gonna take it. You're not gonna go to the Players Association and fight this. When you say they, who is they? Oh, uh, it was uh, David Stern and the, the new guy now, Adam Silver. Okay. So at that time, you know, I just lost my Adidas deal. And then he's saying, I'm going to take your contract if you try to fight this. I mean, uh, you know, that's a decision I had to make. And it was like, well, sit there and make a decision. So I'm sitting here looking with Javaris and we're sitting there like, uh, I mean, you you don't really have a contract to to worry about. So, you know, I'm like, all right. I I, I mean, who am am I going to fight the commissioner of the NBA? at this point, you know, so I took the 50 games and shut up.
8: That was was Gilbert Arenas on his podcast with Josiah Johnson. Interesting insight into a story that honestly has fascinated me ever since I became an NBA fan, but also I think it gives you the insight into how maybe the NBA might be handling this John Morant situation, which is they're not going to let this one slip by. When the NBA was getting criticized for the Gilbert Arenas and, and they were trying to avoid the situation, they came down hard. You heard that David Stern was not messing around, no. and I don't think Adam Silver or the, or the Grizzlies are going to mess around here. And in, indefinite suspension is one thing, but an actual numbered suspension from the NBA, that's where the heft, that's where the actual hammer dropping comes. Yeah, and if, he, if you're John,
4: for those that don't know, Jarvis Crittenden and, and Gilbert Arenas both brought guns into the locker room yes. uh, because they were having a gambling debt issue that was not being paid, and so they ended oh. up getting suspended. So that's what <laughs> Gilbert Arenas is referring to. In Ja's situation, obviously, he wasn't threatening anyone with a win. Weapon, but he did have one in Memphis and I mean in, in wherever they were. I think they were in Denver at the time playing a road game in the club. And so if you're a player, obviously, you're not supposed to bring weapons on the premises, not into the parking lot, not into the facility, not on the team plane, not into the locker room. All of these things are things that you are not supposed to do, which obviously Mr. John Morant did not take it take into account when he showed his gun in that video and it's unfortunate because you know you got a lot of guys around you that are um doing different things and not taking care of their business and you are one of them you are just allowed yourself to go in a way that has put you in, in a p- position where you could lose a lot of money and a lot of opportunities going forward because of some poor decisions.
6: Well, I thought it was interesting. They didn't really lay out expectations of what they want him to do during this time, right, too? Are they just waiting for the investigation to wrap up? Or are they saying, okay, we want you to you know do some community work or anything like that? Or is it just two-day suspension, indefinite suspension, and yeah. we'll see you back
4: right later. now, Right now it's an indefinite suspension and they're trying to, I guess, do their investigation on where whether the gun was his, um, whether or not he brought it on the team plane uh-huh. and brought it to uh, Denver with him because if it came with him, that means it came on the team plane, which is obviously is against the rules. And if you are Ja Morant, you should take heed to what Chris Carter said and... Get you a fall guy. <laughs> you got to get you a fall guy. One of them guys that are with you every single day hey that's my gun that's mine he didn't bring that with him on the plane i brought it here yeah it's his but i took it from his house and i brought it to denver you better get you a A lot of people gave chris carter some crap for saying that but when these guys are hanging around you and being around you now here's the problem if some of those guys are convicted felons and they can't really be a fall guy i don't know what their situation <laughs> is but uh, you gotta have somebody that is gonna say, hey, that was his, that wasn't his, that was mine. or Ja is going to potentially be looking at losing. A lot of money going forward.
6: So where is the gun now? I guess that's the I, I'm question. I'm sure
4: I have no clue. I don't know where the gun is. I don't know whose gun it was. I don't know what the the process is for the investigation. But it was just a really poor decision by John ja Morant. Um, and you know, I, I said this last week. When you have alcohol involved, you tend to make poor decisions. Yeah. You know, late at night, strip club, alcohol, guns. You you hit the you hit the nail on the head with all of the things you should not do. In that environment, and Ja is doing it, and not only doing it, but showing everyone what he's doing via Instagram Live or or IG Reels, whatever that is. It's just it's unfortunate for for this young man who made a terrible decision. Hopefully, he learns from it, and and you know does things the right way when he does return.
6: Well, I hope so and, and that's the biggest thing too. I mean, obviously the issues you pointed out is the fact that he boldly put it on his Instagram live. You have so many young fans looking up to you and is that the best look? That's what and and look Some people say, I don't want to be exactly a role model or something like that. But you're kind of thrust into that position. He's a player that a lot of people love watching, especially in Memphis. I mean, the community loves him. They love what he's done to help the Grizzlies and bring more positive attention. But this is not the right type of attention that you should be bringing. This is the negative attention. You've been doing a lot of positive stuff on the court. Let's keep it that way.
4: Yeah, and the fact that there were multiple situations that have taken place over the last month With him, teammates, uh, I'm sorry, friends that were alleged doing things against the Indiana Pacers Get rid of those friends. Him having a uh, a 17-year-old kid at his house playing basketball and decides to show the kid that he's got a gun and you know assaulted him allegedly. There are a lot of things in question right now, and Ja is going through it. Um, Hopefully he comes out of it and has no issues going forward. Thank you today, Brooke. You have been awesome.
6: And I'm gonna be back here again you will tomorrow. Be back again tomorrow and again, and again, and again. and again and again. Over and,
4: again. and over. That's the Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> Rock, what you got? You got anything? No, oh, my, my pleasure, Kerry. Thank you, sir. Great talking to you all. We will see you all tomorrow. Up next is a balloon party with T Mac and Ajax. That's next on 101 ESPN.
2: You've been listening to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.